This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so are we ready to go over here? It you sounds it freaking like awesome. It, yeah, it does. Even just what I'm peripherally hearing sounds great. There, there it is. It is. This morning, yes, brother. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, our our next guest, you I'm sure have seen in concert at one time or another, either uh, touring with Ozzy Osbourne or his band Black Label Society. Please welcome and a local guy too, Zach Wilde. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank you, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brothers. Hey, you guys yeah. are you're, you're playing tonight. Phils are playing tomorrow night. You're going to be around. You want to go to the game? I'm sure we can. Uh, probably I'm trying to think, some man. tickets. We got. You what probably. Do we, what do we got? Another gig? Yeah, you guys. I think, are, yeah, I think we got three in a row. You're a hard touring. The kids are getting band. ready to go to college. I got a lot of work. <laughs> you guys are. You're a hard touring band, uh, and I I'd actually. It's not by design. I, I went, <laughs> it's out of necessity. Uh, I went on your website last night. And I was checking that out, and you've uh, actually had to cancel a couple of gigs, which I didn't know about. As you had like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always it's always just a day in the life. Of, you know, it, instead of the day in the life, it's a day in the strife of Black Label. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, it's just like people are like, "Oh man, how do you know? How do I get them black label colors, man?" I go, "You know, how do I earn?" It? I go, "Put it this way: when you put them on, not great responsibility comes with it. Great hardships come with those colors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's just like, yeah. hey, you wake up one day and you go, dude, I'm married and I got five kids. How does this happen? You put the colors on. You know what I mean? It's just, no, but the whole thing is, uh, yeah, with the blood clot thing. I mean, it's just like I was taking uh, blood thinners for like a year, yeah. and then, uh, you know, they take you off of it because they don't want to see, you know. Now, obviously, if you don't have to take them the rest of your life, you're off them. But uh, they prefer you not doing. Yeah, yeah, I took it all. I, I was off of it for a month. The next thing you know, it was just you know, my body obviously went back to uh, right where it was when I first got the blood clot. Right. So you know, right. yeah, I went down to the hospital, and then you know, it's, it's same old thing. So now I'm take, giving myself two shots a day in the whole nine yards. So okay. you know. Um, you know what? I have to admit, in, in preparing for this, uh, Zach, for this interview and to meet you, is that I, I've seen you, you know, like on uh, on the Osbournes and, and uh, in interviews and this and that. And you're you're a very intimidating, tough looking guy. Uh, but I, when, when, last night when I went on YouTube, when you're married and you got kids, you gotta be. <laughs> I pulled up. I put your name up and pulled up a bunch of videos, and a lot of them they'd say Zach Wild, and then uh, Zach Wild interview, and then it would say funny. There were like a whole bunch of them, which I wasn't expecting to see. Did you? Oh, I mean, I mean, trust me, if you're in the entertainment or music business at all, yeah, dude, if you don't have a sense of humor, you're in for a rude wake-up call. I believe man. it. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. just ask anybody, dude. Yeah, you got to go along for the ride. It's like lighting up, Francis. It'll be fine. <laughs> Press, did you uh, did you recall his appearance in the uh, Rush documentary? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I watched that thing at least four times. And trust me, being around Oz, I mean, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy calls me up the other day when I got the blood clots. Right, I think he's over in Tel Aviv or somewhere. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's out torn like a madman as usual. But uh, yeah, the boss called me up. And he he actually texted me and he goes, he goes, if you die before me. I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> and I expect nothing less from the boss, you know. That, that, that's an Ozzy uh, statement, yeah. Man. yeah. Exactly, man. He's the best, man. Uh, speaking of Ozzy, the very first lick I ever heard from Zach Wilde uh, was this. Yeah! And I 
remember my buddy Danny and I were listening to that and we're like, Whoop Danny? Yeah, it was Whoop Danny. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, what the hell is this? I had never heard anybody make a guitar squeal like that uh, up to that point. Well, being from New Jersey where they have cowboys, you know, with John Bond as well. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they also, you know. <laughs> They also have Vikings as well. That's what I am. So, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, everything comes out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where in Jersey <laughs> did you grow up? It's, it's a beauty, the polluted water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what does it. The polluted water. Are you from <laughs> South? I'm a cowboy. That's... No, I don't think you're a cowboy. I think you're very confused. <laughs> I think that's a, you're from New Jersey. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Are you I'm a Viking as well, yes. <laughs> Are you from South Jersey? or? Yeah, that's what I, all my friends were. We did the Pride and Glory thing. They go, yeah, man, Zach, you from the South, man? I go, yeah, South Jersey, bro. There you <laughs> so, go. No, no. There you, you know. go. No, but exactly, yeah. Down near uh, Jackson, New Jersey. You know, okay. Jersey Shore, Point Pleasant, and everything like that. It's great now that that show. Oh, yeah. I live out in California now. Now that that show's massive, yeah. my friends are like, Dude, is it really like that? And I go, actually, yes. Growing up in high school, you know what? You're exactly about- like that, yeah. bro. Like, oh, I kid you not, man. You're Without 20 20 miles away from being a Phillies fan. I mean, you really are. Like, uh, there, there's just this weird area of New Jersey. Um, they're confused. Where, where they're confused, and they just sort of they sort of blend into each other. There's well, it's not the same like thing. A- I got yeah, my buddies that are up north. You know, whether you're a Jet fan or a Giant fan, you know, it's like Long Island or whatever. You know, sure, what I'm saying? yeah, I know that. I so know that's the same hand. thing. Yeah, somebody can go. Yeah, I'm from you know, I'm from New York. Or Long, it's like you're Long Island. You're a Jet and a Met guy. You know, you're not a Giant Yankee guy. You know, I mean, it's, I'm just saying, like you said, it's like 15 miles separates. You know, the difference. You're yeah, ex- but I got. You're I, exactly right. I, I grew up on Long Island, and that was it, man. That was the the, the delineation, and that and it, it ended in Queens, and that's where it turned over to uh, yeah, it's all, to Rangers. Same, and same thing with the whole Philly, you know, Philly fan type thing. You know, yeah. if you're down there the bottom of Jersey, it's just like yeah. You you're, you know, you could say you're a Philly fan. It's like, yeah, but you're from Jersey. It's like, no, you know, I'm close <laughs> enough to Philly. You know I mean? Did it make it count? Exactly. Yeah. Um, were you uh, working in Jersey when uh, uh, Sharon Osbourne or Ozzy stumbled upon you? Yeah, I was actually, you know, yeah, I was you know, I was 19 then, so I was still living at home with my parents. I was planning on living with my folks. I'm 43 now. I was planning on moving out probably right about now. Yeah. So, you know, so, between Sharon and us, they changed that around. But, they uh, came and snatched you up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, no, it was it was awesome, man. I mean, it's just, uh, wow. I, was, I was playing in a club out here. You know, just playing in clubs and stuff like that. So uh, there's one guy, Dave Fell, came and saw me, and his buddy's Mark Weiss, who's Mark's legendary photographer and everything like that, rock photographer and everything. So uh, Mark, uh, you know, Dave was, saw me playing in the club one day. He was like, oh, man, dude, you ever hear uh, Ozzy's looking for a guitar player, this and that? And I go, oh, you know the guys in Zeppelin, too? You yeah. Know I mean? yeah. Just, uh, sure. You know, I'm like, whatever. Well, man. So, you know, but it's just like... Uh, because I'm working at a gas station. I, yeah. You know, I don't have any of these people's phone numbers. You know what I mean? So, uh, But no, he just said, uh, Zach, just get it taped together. And I think my sister Amy just took some pictures of me uh, on my mother and father's porch or the Polaroid. You know what I mean? With yeah. one-step cameras. And then uh, no, just me jamming, playing some Aussie stuff or whatever, some Randy Rhodes stuff and everything like that. So uh, Randy, a huge influence. So, I mean, it's just like... Uh, Got that, and next thing you know, yeah, Sharon called me at my uh, my folks' house. I just I could have sworn it was like one of my buddies, yeah, putting her mother up to it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all my jackass buddies would be doing something like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, with all them laughing on the other end of the line. But no, it was, it was like the first time I heard the phone delay. You know what I mean? Because he was calling from England and everything. Yeah. So you know, they just flew me out to Los Angeles. I uh, met uh, you know, obviously walked in the room. I crapped my pants. We played, and Oz just goes, "Act, just play with your heart." And change your trousers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and the rest is history, man. It That's was, cool, what man. I was reading, it wasn't, it was like a minute. He heard you play for a minute and it was a done deal. No, I, I mean, no, I just got in there and just, you know, 
Because I guess they wheedled it down to, like, you know, the top three guys or whatever. So I'm just saying, so this way the boss wouldn't be sitting in there for, like, 5000 and, and trust me, I was in there for the uh, for the base auditions when we before we got uh, Mike Inez, before we got Skank playing with us. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just like the guys, the cast of characters, man. You know, it's just like that American Idol thing, man. I mean, where you get guys that either come in where you go... You've got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, it's actually, like you say, like the, that American Idol stuff. I mean, I, the, the best part of the show is the auditions, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you got people that, it's like, you are kidding, man, right? right. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's just that's, like, that's the power of the dream, though. People, they, oh, they, they, they I, let it, they let it get you, them man, carried away. Yeah. I mean, I know you got to be in it to win it, but, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, well, I said the same thing about, uh, you know, Chippendales, Thunder Down Under. Now I'm trying for a job at Hooters, man. So I'm, yeah. I'm working on that as well, man. Wow. <laughs> um, well, obviously, you hey, got... those kids are going to college. I got to do things for money <laughs> so, on the side, man. We'll put on that uh, that slinky top, and yeah. <laughs> well, you know, between the uh, well, I just had the you know the sex change operation, but I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, I did get butchered without a doubt. <laughs> I had to call the immortal beloved up. I go, Barb. How come mine doesn't look like yours? <laughs> I got ripped off, man. So, anyways. Well, you got your guitar with you, man. I mean, you want to just uh, yeah. mess around a little bit? We'd love to hear that. Yeah, I wrote a new one yesterday. We could be forming this live tonight. It goes something like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, I'm hoping the publishing checks come in on that one. So. Uh, it's a perennial, though. You gotta, if you're going to play rock and roll, you got to learn the stairway. Oh, <laughs> 
Zach Wilde, if you're just tuning in, uh, Black Label I learned Society. that from my Esteban guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> really? They're very good. Man, there's, there, you know what? You, you go on uh, on YouTube, because you, know, you can find anything on YouTube. There are a lot of great guitarists out there. A lot of people just sitting in their living room, sitting in their bedroom, cranking it out, you know, rehearsing really, really hard and can shred. What What makes somebody who is like yourself, who... Attain that success. Be able to uh, to get out there and make it happen. Is it constant touring? Is it meeting the right people? Is it just a God given gift? Or well, no? I mean, you still got to practice, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. I mean, Eddie Van Halen has a gift, but Eddie's still, you know, you got to practice before you can start playing Spanish Fly. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. Russian. But uh, no, I mean, it's just like anybody else. It's just hard work, man. You got to bust your balls. You know, I mean, that's that's about it. Well, you yeah. you, you self taught. Yeah, you got to work, man. Yeah. I mean, and there's no substitute for hard work, man. Yeah, did you, as Steve said, are you self-taught? Did most of that stuff you... No, I took lessons for like two years, but, you know, which is awesome. This guy, Leroy, right out in, uh, in Jersey. But, uh, no, Leroy was awesome because, you, you know, he showed you how to play, showed me how to play my scales and, you know, everything that you have to learn. Right. So, uh, you know, finger exercises, everything like that. But at the same time, you know, he showed me how to play all the, all the bands that I love, Sabbath, Zeppelin, ACDC, you know. Yeah. So you can actually play songs, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, to keep it fun and everything like that. So uh, you know, Leroy was awesome, man. But, I mean, it's just like, uh, you, you know, I mean, it's just like anybody showing you how to start riding a motorcycle or, you know, how to work a stick shift or anything like that. Sure. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a lot easier if somebody just shows you the beginning tips and, you know, when they, you know, when you look at a guitar, I mean, I'm just saying musically, look at a guitar neck and everything, I mean, it just looks like... It's just so confusing how to put scales together. You know, then somebody just shows you how you break it down. You go, oh, it's like a card trick. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, so that's how you do it. You know, right. that's how it works. All right. You know, and it starts all making sense. You know? Right, you, right. You mentioned Randy Rhodes and uh, who else? Because, you know, you, you, you have a versatility to your to your your style. Who else influenced you? Besides um, Randy Rhodes, obviously, I assume uh, obviously, Jimmy Page. You know, Randy was huge, you know, without a doubt. Eddie Van Halen, obviously. You know, any anybody my age, you know, yeah. I mean, me and Dimebag were, you know, our whole genres, you know, Eddie, Randy, and then uh, obviously Frank Marino from Mahogany Rush, uh, you know, Robin Trower, you know, obviously Hendrix, and then, uh, you know, then my, you know, Tony Iommi was huge on me and Jimmy Page. And yeah. then obviously, you know, my guitar teacher turned me on to like guys like Al Demiola. Yeah, yeah. That's know, what John I was going to ask if people out of jazz Marco. and stuff like that influenced Yeah, as well, well, I think, you know, but I mean, a lot of those players, I would have really never known about them if I didn't get into playing guitar. Right. Because you, you, then you start learning about all these amazing guitar players Frank, outside of rock and roll. You Frank know what and I mean? and, and yeah, some of these guys. Frank's amazing too. Yeah. You know? so, but I, w- I would never heard of Frank or any of these guys unless. I was playing guitar, you know right. what I mean? Like Al Demiola, I would have never bought an Al Demiola record if I wasn't a guitar player. Right. Pretty much. You know, because you got to, you know, because Al's so incredible. But I mean, you know, Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin. You know, yeah, it's rock Yeah, band, it's outside you know of I mean? your just, personal genre, what yeah. you like. Yeah, but yeah. when you listen to, to, to top-level guitarists such as yourself, they go out of their own their own style and they, they check out other people. I know a lot of rock guitarists love Chet Atkins, you oh, know? Yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. country guitar players and... uh Jazz guys, everything like that. You know what I mean. Just How many hours a day do you play guitar? How many hours a day are you, do you play guitar? You figure. I mean, well, we're up on stage an hour and a half every night. But I mean, no. Usually, I mean, we got guitars out on the in the you know the Black Label Submarine over there. But uh, <laughs> no, I just I always got a guitar around, just so I can noodle and jam. I mean, you know, I could be watching a baseball game and stuff like that. Just have a guitar, just going over finger exercises and stuff like that. Is it cool to meet people like uh, Jimmy Page and and some of these other guys? Eddie Van Halen, no, I'm definitely I'm sure. lucked out. I mean, all my heroes that I've run into, they've been cool, super cool dudes. Good. I never <laughs> ran into a guy and go. 
What a douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like That's our big fear. ruins it where you can't listen to his yeah. music anymore, yep. you know, or her yeah. music or whatever. It'll I've, kill it. No, but I've never ran, I've never run into any of my heroes where I was just, I've been thoroughly disappointed. No, I've, I've actually lucked out. We had, we had Brian May here a couple months ago. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Oh, Brian's super cool, man. Yeah. And and, he's a yeah, and, dude, legendary guitar player. Yeah, man. and I was happy. I'm like, please let him be a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, please you know? don't ruin Queen for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you guys are, uh, how long is this tour going on, man? Are you, uh... um, we're going right out until, uh, I guess about, uh, the beginning of December or the, at the end of, uh, end of the month, right before, uh, Christmas time and everything. No, we'll have December off, January off. Then, uh, February we head over to Europe. What's so, the status with you and Ozzy? Uh, great. Like I said, I just, uh, you know, as soon as I got the blood clots, Oz called me back up and he was like, dude, what's going on? Yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I was just like, uh, no, I was just, you know, I told Ozzy situation. We were just laughing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh. Because that guy's, that's a never-ending tour. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, just... well, no, I mean, but the status with me and Ozzy, I mean, it's Ozzy's godfather, my son, so, you know, and, you know, he's out touring. Gus, she's a guitar player. Gus is super cool, awesome guitar player. Cool. And, you know, I'm buddies with all the guys, you know, Blasco and Adam, all the guys in the band, so, you know, it's, uh, but like I said, I'm bleeding black label, you know, it's not 24-7, it's 25-8, man. You know, right. 366 days a year, so. <laughs> that's the slogan for the Eagles, for the by yes, the way. Yeah. Yeah. The Eagles, 20, they call it 25-8. Uh, you know what? I got to bring this up um, from the, the, the show, the Osbournes, when that was out. You were you were in one of the funniest scenes ever on that show when Ozzy, and I'm sure it pales in comparison to what you've seen over the years, but he went in the next room and sat down on a captain's chair yeah. and just fell flat <laughs> on his back. Yeah, I, you just I, see his feet go yeah. up in the air, and you're standing there, you just kind of turn like, what the <laughs> hell was that? Oh, yeah, that's just a daily occurrence, yeah. man, you know? It's gotta be. Damn hilarious, man. No, that's, that's the boss, man. Um, but uh, you head over to Europe, and uh, you guys well-received over there. You got a lot of fan- European fans. What's that, brother? You got a lot of European fans. You said you headed over there in the next leg of the tour. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. You know, you, all the European chapters are black label, so, uh, no, it's always, we always have a blast every time we're over there, man. You know, we hear a lot, we hear the Japanese go crazy. I mean, you know, like, all of this, for this genre, for the style of no, music. Japan's insane. I mean, China, we were just over in China a little while ago, too. So, I mean, it's literally world tours now, you know what I mean? What country surprised you with you? Didn't think you were going to get a good reaction? Oh, well, then... Japan's always been super. The first time I went over there with the boss, you know, with Oz, and I mean, always, I mean, it was like, Back when we first went over there, it was just—it was like Beatlemania. What, really? I mean, I mean, I kid you not. You get to the airport, it's like—it's it, insanity. They meet you at the airport. Yeah, I mean, like nuts. Wow. Without a doubt. And that was just—you know—like if you were in the Ozzy Osbourne band. I mean, like the majority of most bands going over there, whether you know all my buddies that were in other bands, you know what I mean, just going over there it was like insane. So the Spinal Tap thing is t- without a doubt, yeah. really. But beyond gay, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. So yeah, I can tell the wife. I can go see. <laughs> I'm afraid they dig me. People like me. <laughs> so, yes. uh, you better hope so, buddy. You know what I mean? But, uh, no, but uh, that, that was pretty cool. I mean, China's definitely, without a doubt, super cool right now. I mean, we went over there. I was, uh, I mean, it's crazy over in China because it's almost kind of like, uh, to them, like the big hair metal thing and everything. Yeah. Is that like just the breaking? coolest thing that ever happened? Really? Yeah, they're just. I'm going. That was pretty. Those were pretty brutal times. Man, you know? I was at the tail end of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So just like, but uh, but no. I mean, it's because they just started like getting all like rock music and stuff like that, and electric guitars and a whole nine yards over there. That's so, wild. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you go over there now. It's just. I mean, it'll be like 
you know, like in the 50s when rock and roll was happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like that insane. So, wow. That's no, awesome. It's, it's definitely cool, man. Well, no, you got a lot of fans here in Philadelphia. Um, That's for sure. And uh, Black Label Society is uh, is, is uh, touring in support of Order of the Black. Um, we're going to wrap it up, but I tell you what, we'll play. We got a, we got a radio-friendly version of uh, Overlord. You know, it's a song about the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we'll we'll let you guys go, get your rest, and we'll play the song on the It's back not so side. much rest. It's the makeup, the <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it takes Rep little, time. It takes a little while, man. man. All hey, right. whatever. Hey, it's all about the art. Yeah, it's man. all about the art, brother. And that scare that doesn't run. <laughs> yeah. We well, appreciate you coming by, ah, Zach. Thanks for having me down. That man. is Zach Wild, gang. Black Label Society. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you don't need a getaway to have a great getaway this summer. At Acme, you'll find everything you need to get into vacation mode right at home. Enjoy summer favorites all season long. From their famous USDA Lancaster brand choice beef and tender chicken to the tastiest summer fruits and vegetables. So fresh and delicious, you'll think you're on vacation. No matter what your grocery needs are this summer, Acme has you covered. Acme, your summer food headquarters. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Good morning, everybody. Friday morning. We played the Friday song. We played the hello song. It's the last day of Preston and Steve. It is a Friday morning. It is a no sad bro kind of a day. It's Nick McWayne here with Sarah, and we're going to get you through this Friday. Uh, It's going to be a rainy one. We got uh, thunderstorms and rain pretty much all day today. A high of seventy six, low of sixty nine, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a soaker, Sarah. That's what they're what they're saying, and it's going to roll through and that stick with us for most term. of the day. Yeah, soaker, uh, <laughs> as John Belaris used to say, uh, boomers. A lot of boomers out there today. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get you through. We do have some great stuff lined up for the best of today, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to hearing the Cole Hamels and Heidi Hamels interview. Uh, Jeremy Piven's going to stop by, so it's going to be a fun morning. Uh, as we get you through on the best of Preston and Steve today. But uh, we got to get you where you're going first. And uh, I had to deal with this on my drive-in this morning. There's a vehicle fire on 476 northbound right before you get to 76. And Sarah can tell you all about it in the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Thanks, Nick. So, yeah, the Blue Route North is heavy at Schuylkill, uh, Conchhock, and that's exit 16. There is a vehicle fire, and the two lanes are blocked. Only the left lane is getting by, so that's pretty backed up. Avoid that area if you can. 495 North is jammed up 13 to 95, and that's in Claymont. Also in Claymont, 95 North, heavy from Naaman's Road to Chichester Avenue, where the two right lanes are closed with construction. This traffic report is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Get your protein fix and save on RX Bar protein bars at Whole Foods Market, three for $5. Plus an extra 10% off for Prime members, valid through July 28th, while supplies last. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. I saw this this story. Actually, it was online, uh, a link, and it, it uh, originally was in uh, Marie Claire magazine, I believe. And this is... Are they sitting on the jar? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be in Marie Claire. No. Uh, I don't think that would be anywhere oh, besides that? some where, disgusting internet page. Where found. it chatters in his butt? No, yeah, that's, yeah. No, that's I not just, the one. I thought to myself, <laughs> is, is that something Marie Claire would cover? And I'm like, no, probably not. No, listen, <laughs> right now at this time in history, three generations of women... Uh, are working together. You have the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, and the Gen Ys. Because, uh, you know, around the baby boomer time, those that's when the uh, women's movement started happening and ladies started to work their way into sure, higher, yeah. higher positions in the workplace. Right now, there are three generations working together 
And according to the magazine, a lot of women can't stand working for women. Wow. They don't like it. I can see that. Yeah, I could easily I can see, see that, that. Because women are so catty. You know what I mean? And, and is, has that been your experience when you've worked with women? Well, you guys know. Yeah, well, we work for the same woman, uh, Kath, and, and she was easily the worst person I've ever worked for. Uh, you know what? I, I, actually, I didn't I didn't mind working for her. I, I really didn't. I know who you're talking about, and I didn't mind working for her. But there was um, there have been two other people that I, I would say, I, I, I yeah, I would agree. I'd much rather work, work for a man. Working with or working for? Uh, working, well, that were above me. Okay, yeah. 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 You're I, superior. I think I've only had one female boss, and uh, yeah, she was among the worst bosses I've ever had. And it's it's a really tough position for <laughs> well, women Nick's to be in. Well, speaking as a woman. Well, you know, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, what I found, on. though, and, and yes, from your... We cycled at the same time. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> your bizarre estrogen <laughs> level. Yeah. You're a guy. Uh, yeah. When, when I, as a guy, when I've worked for women, it's been fine, really. Yeah, I've I, I've 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 never encountered um, that problem. I think in this case, you're dealing with um, women yeah. having this unique yeah dynamic with another woman. Well, because it's even like a, just a friend, you're gonna you're gonna argue. Right. I argue more with my girlfriends than I do with with my guy friends. You do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Casey, you're like a woman too, so yeah. shut up. <laughs> but you know, I think it's just the relationship that yeah. that that women have. You know, and uh, it's just it's well, catty and it's bitchy, and <laughs> that's what happens. And, but that dynamic, I don't think exists with with a, a guy working right. for a guy. Yeah, right. There is something unique. To a, for a woman working for a, a, a female boss. Well, it goes back to the same thing. Like, you know, when you were younger and you had friends, uh, right. you know, and you guys would get into full-on fist fights and then two seconds later be sitting together playing video games, whereas girls would get into a fight and not be friends ever again. Which... I remember it was like last week, Bill Weston, who is our program director, our boss, he and I, it turns out, liked the same boy. Oh, and God, we got into a fight. Well, who liked lash. him first? Well, he said he liked him first. And I saw him. I saw him at the mold shop with him. I was a little pissed. No, but but uh, guys do put that behind them quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, Kath, I mean, do you think it has anything to do with, like, all right, well, we're women. You should have my back type of deal. You know, like, we're women first. No, I think no? it's I think it's women. Uh, they they, they do. They, they cycle, and they, <laughs> they get in bad moods probably more often than, or maybe I shouldn't say more often than men, but I, I just, I think it's the relationship that any two women have, and, and that that's what makes it difficult to work for a woman. I'm going to go to Brandy on the phone. Hi, Brandy. Good morning. Hi, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, Brandy, what's going on? But, um, I just want to tell you guys, I work for a woman and two men, and I far by, like, working with the men way more. I completely agree with Kat. Really? Yeah, working so, for a woman is hard. It's very hard. What, what do you think makes it hard? Because we're both women and we're probably on our periods at the same time. <laughs> it all goes down I mean. to the period. No, but that, I bet you that has something to do with it. I was wondering if maybe a female boss feels that she needs to be harder on a female employee. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, because she busted her ass to get into her right. position. You know what I mean? So she's not going to let someone else coast when she had to uh, to fight for it. Right. I, I think being a boss in general is probably a really difficult position to be in. And then I think when you are you know, you're a woman in the workplace, it's, uh, it's you're already dealing with multiple issues that, that men really simply don't have to deal with. And then to compound those issues by being a boss of some, uh, you know, of men and women, I think makes the job really hard. And you have to take 
all the sexual politics of the office into consideration and the, you know, the, just the normal power politics yeah. uh, that, that you have in any office situation. Just get it right out of the way when you go in, have sex with your yeah. boss immediately. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Clear yeah. the right. air. Maybe. That's, That's how we got this job. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know when my, my wife was working, she worked in a very professional environment and, uh, and you know, as a subordinate, she she had a, a harder time with uh, her one woman boss, you know, her the, the immediate superior. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't... I you know I I don't know what it was but this this woman was kind of like you know bitchy and, and well, did, sort did, of felt like she had more to prove maybe I think maybe that's the case maybe maybe women are at least at that point when they achieve you know a level of success are are going to uh, be more strict about mm-hmm. how they conduct their affairs because they don't want to lose that obviously no one wants to lose it but maybe a guy perceives it as something that's much more um correctable if something if he has a misstep you know i just thought of uh, another woman that i that i worked for that you know she she was above me and i guess it just has something to do with whether or not you're you're a bitch because uh yeah. i got no because i did i got along with with both of them there were two of them and i got along with them very well and, and it, it actually it was not bad at all i didn't mind working for them so the the, the other people that i was i was talking about i guess you wish they were dead <laughs> no well, i wish they there's, were dead. There's one person I know in particular, in I, 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 I won't say who it is, but uh, you said that this person was just mean to everybody. Oh, yeah. She was a raging so, bitch. Yeah, I just guess it. some of it is whether this person's just a bastard well, or a bitch or not. Well, you know? yeah, that's something. And, and it, that was, there were there were uh, males in that work environment who hated working for her, too. Right, right. I remember that. Everyone hated her. Uh, this, uh, according to the, a recent study by the American Bar Association, found women lawyers under 40 overwhelmingly preferred working for men. Uh-huh. So they say provide better direction and more constructive criticism and are generally less demanding. Also, it's been found that female bosses see their female charges as competition. Uh-huh. And uh, researchers have even coined a name for the phenomenon, Queen Bee Syndrome. Uh, the need... Well, that's the, the phrase used in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah. need for women bosses to preserve their power at all costs, even if it means throwing a few sisters under the bus along the way. I can I can see that to some extent. Uh, hang on, let me go to Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Good morning. Hi, good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank oh, you, Shelly. What's up? I want to say hi to Miss Melanie, first of all, but I completely agree with you guys. I would much rather work for a man than work for a woman any day. What, what makes it so difficult? Um, well, I worked in the kitchen for a while under a female, and I think she was the whole thing that you guys were just saying. Like, I, I worked the whole ladder just to get all the way up to Top Chef, and you're just a little peon right now, and you need to work harder to earn my respect. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that there aren't more alliances formed between women, though, because sometimes they, they would you would think that they'd be able to join forces, especially if they're working in a male-dominated office place, right. and, and stick together and use that to their advantage. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised that... You don't get that as often as you get the women hating working for other women. You know what, though, women. Nick? I think that maybe the, the women in charge maybe don't want to uh, get a little social uh, office thing going right. with... Uh, with the other women because they want to seem superior to the men. You know That's what I mean? That's true, yeah. They have to be they the boss to everybody. they got to prove it to the men, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, always, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're juggling those two things. I'm sure there is that that uh, that need or that willingness to have a camaraderie with the female employees, but then they want to make sure that they can establish to the men that <laughs> they can play in the same field. Because a lot of uh, females that are on the same, uh, uh, you know, structure, same social or, I mean, uh, work... Uh, uh, platform right. if they're in the same management level or whatever. What the hell am I trying to say? 
If they're on the same level, they're for Micah. They're more apt to be friendly. You know, like well, yeah. Kathy and Marissa. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, their I, I don't know. I I worked with uh, with two women who were on the same level and were both bosses, and they hated each other. Really? Absolutely hated each other and could not, I mean, and, and sat, uh, you know, fairly close to each other and couldn't even, I mean, it, it was it was so odd to work <laughs> with them in between them. Really? Would it, because, would it get physical? No, not physical, okay. but I mean, just, you know, like, like you know, one would walk by the other one and be like, Ugh. Like right no. in the middle of the office, no. yeah, with other people. Like, oh, okay, okay. I guess they're not talking today. This is why I think in in today's corporate America, the cross dresser has the best situation. Yeah. Probably, yeah, I would agree because he's a man, but oh, dresses okay. as a woman. I'm gonna go to Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hi. Hey, what's up, Brittany? Out of the shower. Oh, oh, oh hot. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> now, now it says here that are, are you a female boss, Brittany? Yes, I am. I'm a five foot three, twenty three year old boss. Wow! So you're <laughs> so young, you short, female. All right, what do you do? Um, I work for a vendor company in Home Depot, so we do resets and displays, all types of uh, neat, more manly stuff at times. Do you have any female employees? I have three female employees. Two okay. of them are in their mid twenties and talking to me as if I'm their girlfriend. When at times. I need your butt in the aisle working on this display and another one that's older than my mother. Oh, man, that's got to suck. So, exactly. You have to be a little bit more careful because you feel like you're going to be berating your mother at times, but still you have to get respect and get your work done. So, Brittany, do you forsake friendships for just being the effective hard-ass boss and saying, listen, this is what I got to do because this is what my job is? If they don't do, I ask them to nicely the first time, you know, then they give me really no other option but to be the hard ass that you need to be at times. How does the woman who's uh, old enough to be your mother, how does she respond to your stuff? So far, so good, but I've had to put her in her place a few times. Do you do that by calling her mommy? <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, mommy. Listen, mommy. <laughs> Aisle she six. She any dessert with her dinner if she doesn't get that. <laughs> oh. Damn. That's got to suck. <laughs> When you when you're when you're old enough to be the person's mother and they're your they're your boss. Just call her call yeah. her like an old lady name yeah. sometimes. Listen, Gladys. Estelle, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Listen, Gladys. Hey Madge, why don't yeah. you go clean out the storeroom? I know this isn't the way they did it in the Eisenhower days. <laughs> But why don't you hop on board the modern train? Uh let me go to Courtney. Hi there, Courtney. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Great. What's up, Courtney? Um, I used to work for Victoria's Secret, which is entirely yeah. women or gay men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most awful company to work for. Like, I kept getting skipped over for promotions, so I finally left the company and went to another industry where I'm one of very few girls. But, I mean, I'm the boss now, and my biggest problem is that if I, like, set people, put them in line, I'm a bitch. But everybody else just talks. Listen, like all the guys. I think the perfect example is uh, uh, Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, um, what's her face? Uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl, Meryl Streep's yeah. character in that. Courtney, was it, was it kind of. Have you ever seen that movie, by the way? Yeah, I have. I've seen part of it. Was it along those lines at uh, Victoria's Secret, these kind of snooty ladies? It, no, it's actually it's a bunch of just really uneducated women who got to the top by stepping on other people. Well, as, as it was a, awful. As a boss, do you prefer um, do, you, do you prefer being a boss for women or for men? Um, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it's like women can still be so catty, but right now the industry that I'm in, like, 
it's a, a sports industry. I'm in the ski industry, and it's mostly guys anyways. But, I mean, the girls that work for me, they're great, too. Well, I, I guess, you know, when, if you're working with all women and then you confide in them as a friend or as a fellow That's woman. A mistake. And, yeah, is yeah. that a big mistake? I think it would have to be a big mistake. Because when you're the boss, you've got to... You you know you can be the friend. It's always like the, it's like the cool teacher in school. Mm-hmm. There's only so much so mu- yeah. you can surrender, yeah. but you still have to be an authoritative mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. Let me go to Barb. Hey Barb. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Great. What's up, Barb? Well, I had a team, a very large team, at one time of women. I had 17 indirect and um, two indirect <laughs> reports at one time. Okay. And I learned an awful lot by working in a large group of women, although I had been in management for many years. Mm-hmm. In a, dyna- a group of women, that many women, a dynamic occurs. And that dynamic is, it seems that women's periods will adjust to the boss. The women's periods? Is that well, what you said? Yeah, I mean, like, I think women that, will cycle with the boss? Yeah, I th- yes, because I think if you, spend, if you spend that much time together, you sort of, um, I mean, that's what, what I'm... I've heard. I mean, when we when I you cycle in, with Bill, <laughs> Bill and I, yes, yeah. we get our period right around the same time. Do you and Marissa cycle together? Uh, no, no okay. but that's no, because they do a lot of jogging, though. <laughs> but I think that's because hers is set when it comes. Um, she takes the. She can I say that? Do you care? She takes. She takes the. She takes the. Can I say? Takes the. Let's just say she's a tramp. Let's just say she's a tramp. To work. Let's just say she's very loose and has to take medical things. No, she she takes the pill, so it's set every month when it comes. But when in college, all, I you know I lived at one point with nine girls, and um, a lot oh of us God. would we would we would cycle around the same time. <laughs> one, one, month. Yeah. one time a month. <laughs> yeah. Stay away it from this day. It was like a zoo. (laughs) Over time. (laughs) (laughs) We must go to Kathy's house tonight. They're having a party. (laughs) Over time, if you were with (laughs) 10 or 12 women, would it eventually, were you to give it enough time, would you all, you know, obviously save for people who are on the pill. Right. Would you all eventually sync up? That is my understanding, yes. Yeah. Wow. It happens in college dorms all the time. So, yeah. and, and what we're seeing, and a number of women have said this, that that in large part, or at least a, a significant part, plays into this contentious woman working for women stuff. Well, I, yeah, I think it's just the mood. I mean, but, you, but if you were a guy and you were to suggest that as being a reason... At, at, at a job, you'd have your balls ripped off. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. Right? I mean, you, oh, could yeah. you ever say to your wife, Preston, maybe it's your period? She has. I made that mistake <laughs> one time. <laughs> I think my words were, you're just pissed off because you're on the rag. Oh, that was smart. Oh, wow. oh, so good used, idea. Woo! Medical terminology. Yep. Subtle. Never again. Subtle. <laughs> Never again. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for, Nick. <laughs> just trying to hint no, to and, the situation. And to be subtle is is probably just as, as worse because, or just what as bad. What you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's lose-lose. No, it is. It's just as bad because my husband goes, oh, um, do, do you feel like chocolate today? I'm like, shut up. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> That's what he says to me. That's pretty good. I will listening, know, don't I, ever say that again. I have to be all Sherlock Holmes because uh, it'll manifest in different ways with my wife where we 
know, I'll I'll either, you know, you know, honey, I, I need to talk to you today. I, I'm a little troubled by the fact that you're breathing. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll just try to stop that then, honey. Or then she gets very lovey, like, you are the best person in the world. <laughs> And then, like in two or three days That's later, confusing, I'll, I'll yeah. look for that little, um, that little applicator the little, the yeah. thing in the bathroom wicker garden. The wrapper. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Dude, my wife has been like had her period. I don't know, maybe like four times in the last four years because she's been pregnant. Yeah, I've gotten actually pretty. I mean, granted, we've had the you know the pregnancy hormones going on, but. No periods. No I periods. Am, uh, I am not good at picking out when the when it's on the way. The 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 pre bitchiness. You really? I, I don't pick up on it. I just I... Preston. <laughs> go get me some London Royal now. <laughs> Is that Rochelle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go get me meat now. Chocolate and salt. Salty chocolate. I want salty chocolate on me. Are you listening? Do not look out the window. And you can't pick up on that? Voice should give it away. I'm going out. I'm going out to the woods. I'm going to kill something. I'll be back in a few minutes. Do not ask me why I have blood around my mouth. If you ask me, you're next. <laughs> That's a clear sign. That's a clear sign. Yeah. It's like, hmm, I wonder if she's having her period. What was that? What did I hear you say? <laughs> you can hear me say. I can hear you say now. Oh my God! The hormones make me telepathic. <laughs> Then you heard that? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> now, I usually, when I find out, it's uh, it's usually... By I, the I, way, I ate Parker today. <laughs> Our son? Yeah. Oh, my well, God. Well, he looks so delicious. <laughs> now, oh, I, hey, honey. Oh I still have Carter. I, I usually uh, I, I usually find out when I hear. By the way, I started today. That's, that's oh. and then that's when I find oh, out. So I'm just God. bad at it. I just it would be I that puts a lot of it in perspective in yeah. a work situation. Yeah. And and really, it's not your fault. You can't control it. So so, but to have seven or eight women like that, you know. Well, I always wonder if where's my stapler. <laughs> Do you, can you guys tell with well, Kathy? That's what yeah. I, that's what yeah. I, I think. I just look at the floor. No, no. no. that's what I was pressing. That's what I was going to ask you because I don't think I know you can't. I can't no. tell with Kathy. I, I think it's only the person that you're in a relationship. Well, with. No, but, I can tell where Marissa is. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She is a raging bitch. She stops wearing white. <laughs> oh, wow. No, you, I can tell. I can definitely tell. Well, you know, no, I think you're right, Preston. You, there, there, there are little indicators that you. You know, you're going to be more aware of, and you're going to be more aware of that because you spent more time with this person. Yeah, but I spend more time with you guys than I do my husband. I, I, I guess that's true, but <laughs> but I mean, you you also 
proactively try to, you know, you have to be somewhat gregarious when you're here at work. Right, right. But I, I think the difference yeah. is, though, is you would lash out at Bubba. I don't think you'd lash out at us. No. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I th- Maybe I could pick up on... What are you talking about? I could probably pick up on you complaining about other things, but not, like, coming after me. You know what I mean? Uh, As opposed to, while I'm at home, if I'm getting it directly, you know, the well, ire is directed towards I, me, I, I, I might be able to pick up on that. Our greater difficulty would be determining when you are not having... <laughs> no, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you one time that I did not lashed out, but but uh, I, it was that time. It was period induced. Yes. Okay. And Preston, you didn't turn my mic on for an Oreo cookie spot. Oh. And really? I was like, we told you five times, and you were oh, like, well, right. God, I didn't hear you. You did go after me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing yeah, is, that pissed is, me is, off. Is, by the way, period or not, <laughs> she was right. She, I'd heard her mention it like ten times. Hey, I, you know, I'm doing a lot. I know. It's important to watch. See, I heard her say it ten times. Right? And, well, he just, I just did something that I said. I said it about I said it about like nine times already. I said it a couple times. Already. I said it. I keep saying it. And you don't listen. You don't listen. You ask questions and then you turn away. Oh. <laughs> I like how she. Yeah. Yeah. I just said no. That's why I asked three or four times. And then you said it. Now I'm going to kill you. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, dear Lord. Oh. Well, anyway. uh, well, guys can't. There's nothing a guy can. There's no sort of um, hormonal change that takes place. A guy cannot fathom what that must be like to have your body chemistry shift so dramatically. So quickly. Yeah, and, and regularly as well. Yeah. Too. And if you're working with a bunch of women at the same time and everybody's switching at once, um, that's got to be hell on earth. We're not allowed to have excuses to get mad. No. Yeah. Well, well, they they say men cycle too. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, let I me, do. Let me go to one more quick call. We got to wrap up, but I got to talk to Angela. Hey, Angela. Angela. Good morning. Good morning, Angela. Says here you work in science. Yeah, I work for one of those major pharmaceutical companies around here, and I have a PhD. And I worked very hard to get where I'm at. And I've reported both to men and to women. And I find that it's more difficult to report to a man because in the scientific community, they make it known that it's still a man's world. I yeah, I would believe that, that it's yeah. there, there are certain, there are certain uh, industries or certain occupations where a woman has to go a lot further to prove herself to a man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, I'll see gay uh, porn. Well, no, I'll see like uh, female sports reporters and stuff like that. Talk about a man's world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they've really got a bust ass to get ahead, and some of them are pretty damn good yeah. too. So it, it, there are those uh, situations like that. But uh, in this article or uh, the, the portions of it that I've seen, they don't mention anything about menstruation. Well, uh, th- but so many of the callers did yeah. mention that. Yeah, it may it may be something that needs to be uh, eradicated. No, I was going to say research. <laughs> Put everyone on the pill. Yeah, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see about that. But that's from uh, Marie. It's today a legal holiday. And, uh, I'm taking it off. They're saying that women don't like working for women, but that was according to a study that they did, and uh, maybe we'll see more on that. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay where you are. In these difficult times, MMR reminds you social distancing doesn't mean you can't still be social. Good morning, my neighbors! Connect with us on your favorite social media platform today. After all, since we're going to be here a while, let's make the best of it together, but safely. 
because we don't know where your timeline has been. Oh, my God. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. You can tell it's a best of with Preston and Steve uh, when Nick and Sarah are doing sign language on the radio. So that was for our deaf listeners. Uh, it's uh, 93.3 WMOR, everything that rocks. It's a Friday morning, no sad bro. And uh, it's uh, we're just looking out the window here in one Bala Plaza in Balakinwood. It's getting dark out there, so there's going to be thunderstorms all day today, uh, off and on. But a high of only 76 today and then scattered thunderstorms t- tomorrow and Saturday as well. Mostly sunny on Sunday, so hopefully we can um, get some nice weather this weekend. But uh, we're getting you through with the best of Preston and Steve. The guys will be back on, on Monday morning. Uh, Preston will be here and Steve will be here and Casey and Kathy and Marissa and myself and uh, we'll get back to normal routine next week but finishing out the best of today and we do have a really cool interview coming up with Cole Hamels and Heidi Hamels. We'll get to that in just a moment but right before we get to that Sarah's going to look at the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Blue Route North is still heavy around Conshohocken. and there's an accident there and two lanes are blocked. Looks like only the left lane is getting by. 495 North in Delaware is heavy from 13 to 95. That's jammed up. 95 North is slow. Naaman's Road to Chichester Avenue where there's road construction and the two right lanes are closed. Also in Delaware and Wilmington, Route 141 South is heavy at Kennett Pike. There is an accident and the left lane is blocked. This traffic report is brought to you by Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. Your health is at the forefront at Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. As stores reopen with proper sanitation techniques and protective coverings, book a private appointment or visit sleephappens.com. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. We want to welcome to our studio Cole and Heidi Hamill. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Morning. How you doing today? Good. You guys have a good crowd here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A well, good, generous crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in fact, uh, you guys are aware that all of these people sitting in here donated a fair amount of money to the Hamels Foundation to be here this morning. Wow. Uh, yeah, oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, and if, guys. And in fact, we'll do a little, uh, we, we have a, we, we brought one of those giant checks with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we actually have the checkbook on a flatbed truck out in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just thing yeah. enormous. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so, I was wondering whose pocket that was oh, yeah. coming in. The we'll pen's like seven feet long. Listen, right off the bat, let's talk about the Hamels Foundation, and we'll get into uh, some other things. But um, it's uh, for mainly, you know, we got a basic description of it being helping out inner city uh, schools. And whose idea was this? Is it a collaborative effort with you guys uh, to come up with this? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think first off, we really wanted to go out and, um, you know, our first goal was to go build a school in uh, Malawi, Africa, just for some orphan kids and and just, uh, you know, trying to help the uh, AIDS epidemic. Epidemic, yeah. there, sorry. It's horrible over um, there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is. And, so, and then, uh, you know, everything kind of changed after we won the World Series and, and you know, seeing the fan support because we're not from here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the time uh, when the season ends, we go, everybody goes back home. So we, right. we made this our home. Uh, and we just wanted to uh, give back to the community that was, you know, so supportive and, and just uh, there from every step of the way from the numerous uh, bad seasons that uh, the, the Phillies <laughs> had. And, you know, obviously I was... <laughs> Well, uh, unaware <laughs> of what you guys had to go through. Uh, I was on the other end of uh, of uh, you know the coast, so right. um, you know. And then uh, we just decided to you know give back to the inner city uh, programs here, just because you know they they have so much need, and you know I think uh, education in the United States, uh, you know especially to uh, inner city programs, they they have a lot of uh, needs, and, and that's kind of where we wanted to uh, you know help out those kids. 
That's cool. Thank God, you know, people like you, and there, there are many athletes and, and celebrities that uh, that do get on board and, and start to give back to the community. It's really cool when you ha- have the ability to be able to sit down, you know what, you know, we should do something with this. Yeah, be <laughs> proactive. And life is pretty good. Let's let's help other people out, and it's really cool to, uh, to see you doing something like that. Um, it's been a little toasty out of the ballpark lately. How was this past weekend, man? Miserably hot. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess everybody's had to experience it. I'm, I'm really thankful that I have an air conditioned car. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as, as you're going to the field, and I keep seeing the temperature go up and up and up. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got to be outside today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you pitched on Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. That was, uh, it was pretty hot. Oh, but... Friday was the worst. Uh-huh. Well, they yeah. talked about the game on. Uh, uh, it was a day game on Saturday, and um, it was a nationally televised game, and they kept showing uh, Charlie in the dugout, and apparently he has found a spot in the dugout where like the air conditioning from yeah. the clubhouse <laughs> comes in. <laughs> The only one, the only spot. But listen, if anybody's earned the right to stay there and not give up that spot, it's it's Charlie. So he stays cool during the game? Oh, yeah. No, he, you know, you don't see that he's got a bat behind him that he beats everybody out with a stick when he's coming near trying to get (laughs) Any uh, any secrets or or tips uh, on how to, I mean, because you got to stay hydrated, but it's not like you can can be walking off the mound every six seconds. Uh, How do you, uh, how do you stay, you know, uh, hydrated properly and Um, and keep from passing out? I'm going to have to definitely think our good friends from Gatorade yeah. for, for inventing uh, you know all those uh, electrolyte drinks and and you know that's just something that we've been able to uh, to do really well is just you know knowing how to prepare and, and nowadays with all the waters having electrolytes in it sure yeah uh, that's just been probably the biggest uh, you know help. Yeah, I gotta say, a professional baseball team's dugout has got to be like the coolest place on earth because you guys have all the gum you can eat <laughs> yeah. and the uh, sunflower <laughs> seeds. I mean, honestly, it's like going into a candy store. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Unless your teammates with Lenny Dykstra and you got like, a shoe spit along the floor as you walk. I mean, it can be kind of nasty along the the base of the dugout as well. None, you know, of, none no, of them are padded though. That's the one thing. Oh yeah, the, yeah, they're, the all dugouts, they're actually. Oh, yeah, it's pretty miserable. It's pretty brutal. I mean, we got to sit there uh, all day, every day for 162 games. Our backs don't feel too good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring one of those little cushions and sure, sit on. <laughs> like the cab drivers use the yeah. beaded seats. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And then just put on some sort of Persian-sounding music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what you can say about this, but I was listening to the broadcast when it was, you know, up in the hundreds, the, the temperatures, and how they were saying that uh, the players will swing at the first pitch. Did you? Find yeah. That? Yeah. Okay. No, they do, and I'm happy just because it makes my life uh, less miserable. I'm like, yes, these are good quick outs. I'm going to pitch a, you know, a CG, and then I wasn't able to pitch the CG what? because you know you just you reach that sort of uh, threshold in your body. You're like, I don't know if I can go out there. And you're like, I can fight it. I can do it. And the coach is like, no, you're not doing it. You need to pitch in five days. Like, so, All right. So <laughs> statistically, when the temperature goes up, the, the batters will swing at the first pitch? Like the, the players yeah. want yeah. the game to go quickly. Wow. Because yeah, you know, they don't want to be out there as long either just because it is. It's Because uh, yeah, you know you have to play the next day. You're right. Like, do I wear myself out today and, you know, not be able to uh, perform at a good level for the next you, you three got, days? You got to take the long term. Well, then in that case, I just jump in front of every pitch. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Whoa. Cole, with your job, and actually, hi to you, too, you get access to a lot of cool memorabilia. On Friday night, you had those 80s throwback uniforms. When you get stuff yes. like that, do you, do you keep it? Do you auction it off? What do you end up doing with, with stuff like that? Um, I actually, I, we do, we ask for, uh, for, especially when we get to wear some of these really cool uniforms. So I did, I got, we, we played in the blue ones yeah. uh, earlier in the, uh, the year. 
Blue. Blue. Yeah. yeah, and that was pretty cool. I didn't get to pitch in those, but um, I, I do. I have that. And then yeah, this was I think probably the first time I've actually got to pitch in a uh, you know a jersey that was a retro jersey. Normally I always miss those da- those games. And this you know, this is a compliment, but you're a left hander and you're a strikeout pitcher. And when I saw the the photo of it the next day, it really reminded me of Lefty Carlton. <laughs> and, and it was just the, your, your your form, your shape, and um, yeah. it was pretty cool. And obviously the uniform looked just like it. And our '80s uniforms aren't as cool as the uniforms we have now. But our '80s uniforms, in comparison to the Padres '80s uniforms, uh-huh. which, and you grew Trust up. me, I grew up watching yeah. the brown <laughs> and the yellow. Yeah, just hideous. I didn't no, mind it. it. I, I played for the Padres in little league. So uh, oh, that's kinda, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I call if you if you pitch if you pitch a complete game. How long after that are you still kind of feeling it from that? You feel uh, like a tenderness, soreness, oof. anything like that? Surprisingly, the next day you probably feel the best. So yeah. it's like, yeah, get me out there again. I'll throw right. again. Right. Uh, but then it is as it builds up, uh, you know, and you get closer to your next game, you're like, oh, I'm getting more sore and more sore. You're like, when do I have to pitch again? You're like, right. Oh, right. only one more day away? This isn't good. And then all since the game day and everything just miraculously disappears and you go out and throw. How much How much mind over matter can get you through? I mean, can you... Hmm. Are, are you the kind of person who stays so focused that you can will yourself to bypass the pain and go in? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, it, uh, I, I, I mean I, Heidi definitely knows the uh, the certain <laughs> days where I'm like, gosh, this isn't feeling good. <laughs> You're not <laughs> sleeping the night before. Oh, yeah? Twitches yeah. all the time. You'll just like... Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't control well, it. Well, do you purposely not sleep? That, that's the same excuse OJ used. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that, do you purposely, oh, I like, want to go to that. Yeah. like, do you purposely not sleep on your, on your left side, or, you know? Do, do well, yeah, you, it'll go sleep on me. Right. You know, all of a sudden I try to turn over and my arm's flopping, and, yeah. <laughs> my career's over. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I can't move my arm anymore. Dude, that is a terrible, when we talked about that, when you wake up and you're, mm-hmm. it, it feels like you have surgically attached a dead arm yes. to you. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Except the difference is, I don't have a career that revolves around. <laughs> no, but when, you guys mentioned that you live here year round. This is obviously a pretty rabid sports town, and um, uh, with the Phillies' success, do you isolate yourselves from reading about the Phillies or from listening to what goes on during the season? When we first got here, uh, I got every paper and every magazine, and wow, this is so cool! And yeah. by year two, I canceled our newspaper. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you, and right. I understand why. And um, But I wanted to ask you, did you get a chance to read the article about Carlos Ruiz in Sports Illustrated recently? It was uh, Gary Smith wrote it. Um, yeah, no, I did. We actually brought it in because, you know, we're so fun-loving guys that, that you know when you get on a front page of uh, sure, some yeah. magazine, we're gonna rub it into your face. <laughs> so a bunch of the guys, you know, brought in the magazines and we're we're purposely carrying them around all day, walking around Chooch, going, "Ooh, look at me, <laughs> this guy." Yeah, you know, just kind of give him and and you know, Carlos Ruiz, he is he is he's kind of the heart and soul of our team. He's he's just a down-to-earth, really funny guy. Uh, and especially because you know he speaks both Spanish English, uh, and then he'll kind of mix in both uh, both languages together. He's <laughs> he's hilarious. So I mean, he'll he'll say some really good uh, you know lines, uh, and it is. So you're just giving him a hard time, and then he'll come back and be like, "Yeah, look at me." <laughs> but it'll be both in Spanish English. So you know we do. But it was a really good article because you know he is he's he's such a great uh, catcher and in person, and just the way that he's come up through the minor leagues. Cause I had the opportunity to play with him through the minor leagues that I've actually got to see him grow along with me growing as well. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, great for both of us. That's very cool. I'll never look at him the same way. And I'm, I'm a lifelong <laughs> Phillies fan, but I gained such an appreciation for what he does for, for you yeah. guys. And, and, um, the way that he looks at, um, approaching a game, he doesn't look at it as he looks at you guys as one individual. There's yeah. a person on the mound and then there's Carlos behind the plate. And so when you're coming out of the, the bullpen to start a game, it's, uh, Carlos 
Carlos Cole Ruiz, you know, and he makes you guys one person. And he does that for everybody on the pitching staff, which is a really a remarkable thing. And um, it's cool that you guys love him as much as you do. And I think increasingly Phillies fans also have learned to just really love this guy and embrace yeah. him uh, as a part of the the town. And it's harder when a guy's native language is in English, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to do that. But I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, but but um, but it's cool because he's becoming that in Philadelphia these days. I'm going to take this moment to embarrass myself once again. Uh, I, I think I do this every single time. What do you want to tell Cole that you brush his teeth or you brush your teeth? I right did brush my teeth. Cole, yeah, he, he was in the bathroom brushing his teeth as if there was as if there was a promise to make out session. Oh, wow. yeah. The answer is no if you don't answer. Yeah. Um, no, we're we're neighbors. We live in the we have. I think he doesn't we, want to hang out. With we, you. we share the same zip code. I would like to invite you over for a barbecue uh, because our kids are kind of around the same. Age, and yeah. my son's a lefty, so I wouldn't mind uh, you giving him a couple of tips. It's only four. But, how, many, uh, how many kids do you guys have? Uh, one who's almost two years and mm-hmm. one on the way. On the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. A yep. little over two months away. So. And the, wow. your child, did you adopt the baby that you have? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Because I, I remember last time you were in, Heidi, we were talking about I that. I know. I know. We weren't pregnant yet. <laughs> okay. But you were talking about adopting. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And That'll that, happen next year. We're hoping by April. Is okay. That a child from Malawi? Uh, we wish. Um, but Ethiopia. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a protracted process. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rules yep. and regulations and yep. with pregnancies. Oh, you can't do that. Did you, what? <laughs> well, do you find also with the adoption process that is it? I mean, obviously you have to take uh, precautions for the benefit of the child, but it, is is it um, is it is it at a point almost too difficult, especially when people are offering up a good home for a child? What do you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Big time uh, to restrict because you know, I mean, because you can you can have a kid whenever you want. And sure, yeah. And regulations. Well, no, you got to wait this many months, and you got to fill all this. I'm like, we we could have five kids. By, sure, by the yeah. Time we mm-hmm. wanted to just get one. You understand, erring on 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 the side of the child, but I, some, I hear from so many people who are like good, ready to provide a good home. Yes. And the hoops they make you jump through oh, is just it's r- unreal. Ridiculous. And if you guys don't represent yeah, right. a viable, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, you know, the, the person who's not, you know, a, a professional athlete, or it's got to be horrible. But but people, you know, they they stay they stay with it, thankfully, and, and get these children homes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, it uh, it makes us at least believe in the system. The fact that Cole is who he is, right. or, or you know, the income you might have, and we're still treated the same as everybody else through the adoption sure. agency mm-hmm. we go through. And those are the agencies that aren't closing down right now. The agencies that are closing down are the ones that are willing to accept millions of dollars or. Hundreds right. of thousands of dollars for a And look child. the other way. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And then those are the ones that eventually are making this process so difficult for people like us. So the more that they get, they get uh, ferreted out. Everything right. will be Okay. That's right. Yeah. Can you so, not adopt if you're pregnant? Is that? Um, no, they, they recommend, uh, well, through several reasons, but uh, that your children are 10 months apart and okay. there's several issues you got to go right. through, you know, and health concerns and, you know, every, every child needs its time and place in your family. And you have to make sure that one sibling in. can properly beat up the other one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 If they're evenly matched, yeah. it's not fun. It's it's true. I was putting our, our other son to sleep the other night, like three nights ago, giving him a bottle, putting him to sleep. And this one is already kicking him as hard as he can wow. in the face and the stomach and... He's just, oh, he thought it was the greatest time. <laughs> what if he comes out a football player? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no. Soccer, more like it. Soccer. Yeah. There, are, yeah, um, there are a lot of schools in Philadelphia that are in dire need of help. Uh, how do you decide which ones to go help? And I know, I, I think a great question. the last time you were here, you were focusing on just one and did made a serious impact on that place. But 
How do you decide? Yeah. Uh, we actually decided a process. I mean, everybody who sends in a grant form, we will actually go interview. And that's myself and our board. We go interview every single person that submits a grant form. So that way, yeah, you might look great on paper when I when we get there. Uh, you know, if everything's not up to par, like what you say it's going to be, our biggest thing is sustainability. If you cannot sustain the project you're talking about for over 10 years, right? we just cannot justify it has to that be viable. grant money. That's yeah. right. That's right. So do you go back once you started the process and, and follow oh, yeah. up with oh, them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We follow up six months, a year, 18 months, all the way to five years. Wow. Do you know the so, thing, Heidi, is, is that a lot of people will... Um, you know, they, they want to do something, they want to make a change, but it's such a sprawling amount that needs to be done that you, they never know That's where right. to jump in. So you, you, uh, you can't solve every problem. That's right. But if you can pick and start moving through, that's that's where people, you know... Just that little entree makes makes a difference that's into right. it, and then then you can start to do because you can't. You always want to help everyone, but you, you can't. do, you yeah. do, and that's why when we get you know two hundred, three hundred grant letters a year, right. you know that's how you feel. It's very overwhelming, and everybody needs help. But you know what? At the end of the day, I love the schools that have nothing and have done so much with nothing, as opposed to the schools that have nothing and, and choose it, choose yeah. to do nothing. Sure, with it. yeah. So the the schools that end up getting this grant money are always the schools that are like, look, I have. $10, and this is what I did with it. Those are the schools we support. Have and those you, are the schools that I want the public to know that every penny they donate to us, that's where it's going. I assume so. that your, your monitoring of the of these schools is, is, is pretty pretty uh, thorough. It's, yeah. yeah, it's very uh, thorough. Cool. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Well, I'm not sure if you said what types of schools. Is it are charter uh, schools? No. Well, it, charter would fall under that category, but it's charter and public. Okay. Oh, so public anything, as well. Anything. Oh, yeah. Definitely public. Anything state-funded. Or you know, yeah, um, inner city mostly, all the, inner city. The Phils have a lot of great charities, and uh, obviously your, yours is one. Um, the uh, Camp Aaron with Jamie Moore yes, is incredible. It's phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. It's such a great yep. um, mm-hmm. charity, and, and everything that they do is is just uh, heartbreaking, and, yep. and heart you know it touches your heart at the same time. Um, and and you have your event coming up the, as well. But uh, Casey actually got to attend Jimmy Rollins' um, bowling night, and, and that would seem to me to be one of the most fun events as a part of a Phillies charity. Is that, does if that you're rank? good at bowling. Okay. I mean, you, are you good at bowling? I barely break 100. It's not <laughs> fun for me when I'm getting beat by little you know, five-year-olds, and then they're laughing at you. <laughs> I get the bumpers up. It's kind of a nightmare of a fan for me. You can't put a little spin on that ball? When we first started dating, I would kick his booty. Really? And I was like, what kind of athlete are you? Dude, I would not bowl because that can F up your wrist. Yeah, I have to go right-handed. He does the granny roll. Yeah, I go right-handed. You do the two-handed? You go up and roll between your legs? Oh, yeah, I try to go, you know, because they have the mile per hour. And I'm like, Hard can I bowl this bowl? That's the worst thing that, that, that they've ever done because yes. everybody wants to throw it really fast. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cole, I have a question for you, and I'm I'm going to uh, eliminate two possible answers. Yes. Okay, so you can't say winning or meeting the fans, but I was winning. just curious. <laughs> what, no, what, what's the most fun part about professional baseball? What what outside of the the obvious of winning a championship and and meeting the great fans and all that stuff, but just an inside peek at what what um, what's really fun about it? The access to Gatorade, yes. <laughs> all the free stuff. That's good. Um, probably the ultimate competition. Yeah, I mean, being able to, you know, knowing that you're really good at something and you're playing up against the best. And okay, then, and and then, you know, trying to work towards 
you know, getting the guy out and, uh, you know, and then when you get the guy out, knowing that I got to face him two or three more times and, and just play, it's, you know, it's the ultimate game of chess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's just this, the strategy that you have that to involve throughout the whole game. Uh, you know, I think I think just knowing that and then feeling the energy from especially the home fans. Uh, you know, when you're in the visiting, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, they, they're not too happy <laughs> no. when you're succeeding. Uh, but you know, just feeling them, you know, weighing on every pitch, and you know, they're on the edge of their seats. Uh, and then when you you do succeed, uh, you know, getting the big out in a big situation, and just kind of feeling that energy. I think that's just the ultimate high. I love that really roar get. at a str- oh, you know when you strike the somebody out, it's especially the, the backwards K to end an inning. The way. <laughs> I don't crowd. get too many of those, though, no, for some sure odd reason. Guys are always swinging. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure if Cole was going to answer that with uh, Ryan Matson taking pictures of his poop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing it to everybody. <laughs> no, that, that's uh, that's the greatest clubhouse uh, <laughs> that it, we have. It goes on, it goes on here as well. They they absolutely. Showing, they were showing Lidge making Madsen laugh so hard on Saturday's game, again, on, on national TV. Yeah. And I swear, and I, I, they didn't have any audio, but I'm... Fairly certain, I saw Brad Lidge word the uh, mouth the word toilet, <laughs> and and he was telling some toilet story, and Madsen was cracking up. Um, oh, it's you know it's great it's great to have Brad back. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I pitched a uh, scoreless yes. inning last night, so that was no, pretty cool. Uh, and speaking of him, I wanted to ask your uh, an, another either or question. In two thousand eight, uh, we got to win the World Series at home, and I, I I will say this for the rest of my life: it's we because I'm a part of the team, and yeah, so right. is everybody yes. in this room. Yes, I am. Um, but uh, we won it at home. And we won it on a strikeout. If you had your druthers, oh, yeah. would you would you rather win a World Series with a strikeout or a home run, a walk off home run? Wait, him personally, he gets to hit the home run, and, or he gets to strike well, the strikeout. No, just as a, I, I'll never get that opportunity. And, I mean, <laughs> you, never know, you never know. Um, You're no Cliff man, Lee. I don't but... know. You know, it's it's uh, the the strikeout and and be able to run out or you know the walk off homer. Walk off homer is pretty huge. Man. I think walk off homer is yeah. just. Do you want to know because, what? Because because of the natural. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, is. Right. it really is. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I know as a kid, it was it was always when you had your big fantasies and you're in your backyard, it was hitting the walk off homer to win the World Series. I mean, yeah, that's right. every kid's fantasy. So yeah, you know. Striking a guy out is great, but I think it is. It's it's hitting the, the walk off the big homer to win it. And yeah. we got both because uh, we got to see Joe Carter hit a home run. <laughs> and, uh, ah, yeah, that's and, right. And, and the strikeout. Um, you, you, uh, Heidi, you mentioned something earlier I, I wanted to go back to. Uh, you talked about you and Cole dating, which is uh, – I, it's not that interesting because you're just human beings, and, and you know, and that's what people do. They date yep. and then they get married. Yep. Uh, but you you take a look at like your Derek Jeter's, and there's pictures of him and and whoever he's dating at the time, and they're in this you know beautiful tropical location. And uh, you guys were kind of um, quiet in your in your courtship. You know what what, what we, did you yeah, guys we do to on the go beach out on dates? In some tropical location, yeah. right? Yeah, what's yeah. up what, with that? You know, Sorry, but what was that? I was on that date? minor league salary. Well, <laughs> He always took you to Lobster Week. Exactly. (laughs) But do you guys do the normal things? Did you go get a you know ice cream cone and? Yeah, you know what? I lived in Missouri and he lived in Florida, so it was it was rough. It was almost what a year and a half, two years of 
Going back, back and, and forth. forth and you know what? Lots I, of plane flights. I yeah. forgot about this. My, see, I'm from Missouri as well. I'm from St. Louis. My wife met you on a plane one time. Did she? Talked to you the whole flight. <laughs> had no idea who you were. And she found out at the end of it she was coming back from St. Louis. That's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Wait, didn't she that. ask if um, if Heidi was a Phillies fan? And <laughs> she was like, like yeah, that. I kind of root for one player in particular. I think so. Yeah. It, was, it was a few years ago, but I don't, I don't remember. But uh, uh, that's. Do you remember her? She has huge knockers. Yeah, my wife has giant knockers. Yeah. Oh, definitely, off. definitely yeah. remember this one. It's the first thing you would notice, yeah. Heidi. Is it's another exactly woman's huge notice. knockers. That's right. I, did, I never did get an answer about I'm the barbecue. Sorry. By the way, about uh, the barbecue. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll wait for an off day or something along those lines. I just say, what are you November? having it tomorrow? I don't know if I can make it tomorrow. Yeah. Not tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I think. November would be good. I can grill some vegetables. Are you a vegetarian? No. Oh, good. Then no. I'll cook steaks. Okay. Good. All right, good. Cool. Excellent. Game day well, would be on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy football's back. Sorry. Right. Right. Me too. Fantasy's already starting. I can't wait for the magazines. <laughs> uh, you guys got the Giants uh, starting tonight. Uh, man, that was rough to watch last year, uh, obviously. I, I took my sons to the NLCS. What, that was a lot of fun. It was That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tim Lentz come on the mound uh, tonight. And when is your? when are you next in the rotation? Tomorrow. Yeah, you tomorrow. are tomorrow, yeah, really? Tomorrow. Okay, and uh, against by the way, yeah. Oof. I don't know the Giants. I don't know. <laughs> One of the players on the Giants. Okay, is it Zito? <laughs> I think Zito is pitching in this series, and we um, there's no Cliff Lee or Roy Halladay for us this series. And, and when is uh, Oswald coming back? Is he going to pitch in August? Um, I've been playing catch with him recently, so he says he feels good. So I think it's just a matter of you know getting those rehab starts and just kind of getting back into the rhythm of of the every five days and, and the competitiveness that you have to uh, your body has to endure. Um, you know, it is. It's one thing playing catch, but you know once you got you get a guy in the uh, the batter's box, it's that competitiveness comes out, and you just. Sure. You know, you're using a little bit more uh, yeah. to crank it up, and then then you have to see how you feel. So I think. I'm going to say probably a couple of weeks. So it'll be cool to have him back. back. Um, oh, but it's, uh, it's a blast having him back. But Vance Worley's been awesome, man. I, like this kid mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. I mean, he, he, I guess he'd been was he in the bigs last year for a little bit, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. you no, know, he had success last year yeah. with us, and that was great. And you know, just uh, it's a matter of time, just getting the opportunities. Yeah, I think cool. that's the hard part when you have a, such a good team. It's the young guys. You know, they they only get a short period to prove themselves, and if they don't. You know the big guys obviously take it again, and so then once you get your foot in the door, that like he has, he's he. I think he's going to be a really uh, tremendously good pitcher. You like his mohawk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's it's cool. the West Coast thing. He's got. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, uh, before we let you guys go, um, <clears throat> we need to uh, do this presentation. We'll do a little photo up here in a moment, but all the people that are sitting in our studio, they all kind of chipped in together. Yes, and uh, to be here and. To meet you guys and get a picture and autograph, but obviously this shows that they care. We have, like I said, a gigantic check here. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. This is for wow. $8,363. Wow. Great. For the Hamels Foundation. Thank you so much. Thank That's you guys. Wonderful. I mean, guys. they, they, wow. they exceed. I mean, we were we had sort of just set a basic uh, minimum, and and they exceeded it so much, and it was yep. just wow. it's, yeah. very inspired. And they, they, you know, that, that's so cool. It's so cool that oh you my can gosh, get that that's to unbelievable. And it's well worth it because they're getting free food from the sugar yes. house this morning. <laughs> sugar house is uh, is brought us some food here. Well, awesome. Thank you guys very much. Obviously for coming by here. Best of luck with everything. Thanks and, for everything uh, you guys do. Thank oh, you. Thank you guys. This was a blast. And World Series, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear we'll from Colin Hiding Hamill on the Preston Steve Show. We'll take a break and we'll be back in a moment. Stay where you are. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty Honey.
Ozzy Osbourne. The Black Keys. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. It's Nick and Sarah. We're in for Preston and Steve. Best of this week. And uh, the guys will be back on Monday, as I've been saying all week. You got it, Connor? There it is. Yeah, Jacob oh, Dylan, The Wallflowers, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. It's signed by, I think, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. And uh, that was Pierre signed as well. Away. And here we go. Look at this. It says, it says uh, the MMR Big 3 so it was the 30th anniversary. Uh, this is ticket from Section 105. And uh, I guess it was a free show. Yeah, it was a free show. We're going to have to tweet a picture of that. Yeah, this is pretty cool. May 1st, 1998. Wow. 22 years ago. Doors opened at uh, 8 p.m. at the course. Is there a price on the ticket? Oh, no, uh, it, was it was a free ticket. It was a free show, yeah. Uh, and uh, doors opened at 8 p.m. Um, at the core state spectrum. So, uh, yeah. Huh. Jacob Dylan on the Wallflowers. How about that? Big wow. 3-0 for MMR. Anyway, uh, we're hanging out with you guys today, getting you through the morning and uh, doing some best of stuff. we got Brewer coming up next. Got a dude. It's Brewer. Uh, and My we were just favorite. talking out there. Yeah, your favorite comedian, and he never not brings it. He always brings it. He's always funny, high energy, and just one of the one of the best comedians and a good friend of the Preston and Steve show. So we'll play his um, bit in just a moment. But before we get to that, uh, Sarah does have your look at the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Sarah, what's going on on the roads? Uh, well, I just want to mention real quick that sure. Jim Brewer is also a great follow on Instagram, okay. especially lately with being stuck at home and all. Definitely go follow him on Instagram. Very as cool. far as traffic, Blue Route North still heavy around Conshohocken. Two lanes are blocked with an accident. The left lane is getting by. 95 is heavy northbound, Namus Road to Chichester, and southbound slow Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street, where there's a new road construction layout, so make sure you use caution there. This traffic report is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Prime members save on wild-caught fresh sockeye salmon fillets at Whole Foods Market for only $9.99 a pound through July 14th. While supplies last, you can find all deals on the Whole Foods Market app. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Jim Brew. Why do you need this traffic? You know there's nowhere you're going. If you go this way, it's not going to happen, Sharon. It's a totally the traffic report. It makes no sense whatsoever. Let her do her job, Rosie. I'm not doing it, Sharon. This is everything. It's just bugs up. It's like they ate too much cheese last night and you're not going anywhere. I don't even understand what you said. Just continues on. That's uncanny. Book. Uncanny. Ozzy and shit. Hey, yo, listen. Listen. This is Tracy Morgan. Listen, don't matter where you're traveling, but today, if you're a white man and you break down in Camden, just play dead. Just play dead. Get out of the car and start squirming, wiggling. Put some lines, catch them on your forehead. Look like you got shot because they what, man. You don't want to be a white man. I'm African American. I don't want to be stuck in no Camden. Were you roomies with Tracy Morgan for a while? Yes, I was. What the wow. hell was that like? Obviously, the SNL days. I, 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 he watched some disturbing videos. That's he? all I'm going to say. Really? Like disturbing snuff, snuff videos. Or? Yeah. What? Like snuff films or what? Snuff, snuff and beyond. Really?
really? Like, like, yo, Jim, you ever see Red Be- a man behind Fallout? <laughs> what? Where do you see this video? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what are you showing? No way, man. This whole thing Fallout, he got to put it back with a boot. <laughs> Dude, I'm still scarred from, you remember years ago when you were a kid, you go in the basement, like, you ever see Faces of Death? Right. Oh, God, yes, yeah. This This is a whole disturbing he i don't know where we, we he know because videos we get him we get him sent to us all the time the most deranged stuff he really had a guy that was i don't know if if he was a prisoner or whatever but the guy his real red completely <laughs> fell straight out straight out he was hanging out like a banana shoe you know he was, he, he was an interview you were talking about how <laughs> tracy i saw Mar- disturbing images of my man joke berry he never listens to music the same way <laughs> never he he uh, he would take his shirt off all the time. With all the, most the time, up. we like, went into Ben and Jerry's. What is that thing? The taking the shirt off. Ah, uh, you know what? I the the, the second not- time he did it, we went to this bar. Yeah, there's nobody in there because it's three thirty in the afternoon. Right, right, yeah. And he takes his shirt off. And he's going, man, we're about to blow it up in here. We're about to get excited. Oh, I'm excited. We're on Sunday Live. And I'm trying to Tracy. Relax, we're here to talk. <laughs> sure. Yo, we got my man Jim Bruce got me making millions of dollars. <laughs> Take my shirt off. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this stretch marks, this is a sign of a victory. You know Benjamin got wounds? This my stretch marks. <laughs> they wounds, they wounds. I'd be a fat child. <laughs> but I tell you what, before the night's over, someone get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's my get it done. Someone get pregnant. That's my get- Get her done. That's my kid done. <laughs> you know, Larry Cable guy said, get her done. I said, somebody get pregnant. <laughs> That's awesome. You have an uncanny, but besides your the, the, the impressions and obviously all, all the other stuff, but you, you have an uncanny ability to recall, you know, the, these stories. And, and, and uh, I mean, just your SNL years alone. Sure. Would you consider... To, what? Was, it, was that like the, the creative high for you, you, you know, of your career? I mean, because you're with well, these... I, the best time really was was uh, not so much on. I mean, there was. Right. I mean, it was a handful of, wow, Tom Hanks. And right, right, and, yeah, yeah. And that, the, the best times were like Norm MacDonald. It was, at night... At nighttime, when we're supposed to be writing, we'd play football in the hallways. <laughs> so it'd be like me, Colin Quinn, Norm, and one of the interns. We play, right. f- and Norm was always like, "Come on, man! Come on, are you gonna write something? You're gonna play that? Just give it hard. You're gonna play." And Norm would cheat like crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> this one night, I wore my big boots, and he, I said, Norm, if you keep if you keep holding my arm down, I'm gonna kick you, man. Right. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I ain't nothing on your brother, man. So, that's, I mean, that's dead on, dude. That's a dead on Norm MacDonald. So Colin Quinn's like, listen, listen, seriously, kick him. Just go down the hallway, make a right. I'll throw it to you. If he puts his arm up, kick him. So we hike. He runs out. He put his face and he accidentally scraped my nose. So I kicked him as hard as I can right. in his calf. Oh. And he's he's like, ah, ah, oh my God, Barry, why did you do that? Good God Almighty, he just kicked my calf. Why would a man do that to another man? I mean, just say you're upset, you have to kick my calf. 
Hey, yo! Oh, no, man! You just kicked Mormon Connell's camp! Oh, man, that was funny! Yo, 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 mess with your boys, man. You from the street! You from the street! What a collection. Cause you, and Daryl ah. Hammond was in that group, right? Huh? Daryl Hammond was in that? Yeah, Daryl was always, like, smoking a cigarette, really. He was almost like a, a, a vampire. Like, I don't imagine him playing Dow's football. Like, yeah. <sighs> No, <laughs> I don't know. What I'm working yeah, on. whatever, <laughs> whatever they write. No oh, man, all right. You just brought me down. <laughs> but no, I mean the comedians stuck together. We were like the wolf pack. Yeah. Right, right. Like comedians. Uh, Norm Macdonald. I remember uh, reading some stuff about him, and there was definitely like a hardcore click thing going on. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and so you were in the, the McDonald camp. Yeah, we were like the white guy camp. Yeah, and the and the, and the um, sketch players, the Will Farrells and all the girls and Catan. They were like the. The Latino gang, and there was way more of them than really? us. Really? So it's like a sta really? stand up. So we're always stuck in their neighborhood. And you just hear like, "What are they talking about? Are they talking about us?" Walking by me, wow. teasing me, my name, hey, Jaime. <laughs> my name is Jim Jaime. Jaime, como Los Angeles. So they had a little bit of toot because they were like like the uh, ground. No, they didn't have a toot. They did, they our cast did not have a toot. Right. I mean, uh, they were. They just they knew each other. Right, so okay, okay. The comedians were one pickings, so we had no choice but to like. Oh, I can relate to you. You're a comedian. Right. I can relate to you. You're a comedian too. Right. What was, are we doing here? How do we how do we get on air? <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. I guess I was reading an interview, but with him, and he was saying that like when they'd ask him to do a character and do it again, that he he. he were, oh, it's the worst, yeah. bro. When I hit Goat Boy, right? It, it, it would you know. As a comic, you just want to get out there, destroy, and right. then you're done. Let it breathe. And then, you know, three yeah. weeks later, Lauren would come to me, or, or this head writer would be like, listen, uh, we need a goat boy, like, in five hours. Like, what? <laughs> right. Come on. We did three weeks ago. He's like, well, I know, but John Goodman really wants to be in a goat boy. <laughs> oh, man. So that's why sometimes the sketches are just, you know, you you, read, you wrote yeah. it a couple hours ago, and it's, you know, the, the crowd don't know. It's like uh, watching your favorite bowl player uh, look sluggish at bat because sure. you don't know he was up to five in the morning. And then, uh, you know, he said he had the day off. And they're like, listen, I know you, you know, they told you to the day off, but we need you to pitch hit slugger. Get in there. I know you've been drinking six, seven with your cousin. Just get in there. Well, that's you don't know because if you see the rehearsal, you have you've gone to yeah, see I the went show. To rehearsal. There's kids that get rehearsals better Is because yeah. we're fighting for our lives to get on. Yeah, right. In fact, the one the one that I went to, you were you were part of the cast. It was uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. It was shortly after he had. Oh wow! He had a nasty. I remember time. that. Fiona Apple was the musical guest, and uh, yeah, they and there were a few sketches that were left out because we went back after yes. rehearsal. We went back to the hotel and we watched it. Yes, and they left out a couple of them. That was the first year. It was a rough year for we were we were it was. Uh, the first year was a little... Uh, yeah. 
Even Robert Downey wasn't anything what he is today. Right. He just came out of rehab. Yeah, yeah. He, he was still guy following him around all the time. He was still having. And that problems. dude's job was to to keep him from yes get drugs. Right. Yes. That was the whole thing. That was the whole thing. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, like a twenty four hour babysitter. Wow. Were there some people? Were there some um, guest hosts that just didn't get it? That that or, or not necessarily were difficult, but just couldn't. They weren't difficult. Um, I felt bad for. Uh, oh my gosh. The f- oh my god. What's her name? She's the older lady. She passed. Away, she was in uh, all the. Uh, the Arthur? No, 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 no! Darn it! Uh, oh, see, I a brain fart. No, no problem. Yeah, Abby all Normal. The time. Abby Normal. Is that <laughs> yes. movie? Young Frankenstein. Oh, she was Young Frankenstein. Oh, uh, um, Madeline Kahn. Yes, Madeline Kahn came on and. She, I don't know if she thought it was like Carol Burnett's show. She's yeah. Like looking at us like children. Really? I I mean, I've been working with the best fit. I just, is this going to work? <laughs> she just, she looked like a deer in headlights. Oh, man. Uh, and I think she was on the first year. Oh. And so, But difficult, no one, nobody, I can honestly say no one was difficult That's at good. all. Because Nobody. because at that there's point there's a couple drinking problems I won't mention, but you <laughs> oh. can figure out there's models. <laughs> but the, uh, at that point, one model that was on a really yeah. yeah. Any, in fact, I did a scene with her live, and she she was pretty blasted. And when she she had a we, we, it was called a first date, right? And because she was so beautiful, the gag was she was being you know burping and right. farting and and being really obnoxious, and she started choking. On live air. Really? Yeah, she started choking on the food. She, and I just <laughs> sat there, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh, I just man. watched her choke, and she seriously, I saw her eyes swelling up, and I went, whoa, is the date really going? To, and the, <laughs> whatever I said, the crowd went, <laughs> he's a genius. People <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dying. Yeah. No hint as to who this model is? Oh, you could figure it out. There's yeah. only oh, been man. one model between Research. 95 and 98. Is it yeah. uh, Pam Anderson? No. No. She's not a model. Not a supermodel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a kid with I remember Pam, Pam Anderson was on, and I remember, uh, uh, I remember Catan was all over Pam Anderson. Really? All over Pam Anderson. Oh, my God, you're beautiful. Ah, you know, we should make out. You know, so Tommy Lee's there, and uh, Norm MacDonald were doing some sketch called The Twilight Zone. And The Twilight Zone, I, I never watched it, but there's this supposedly famous one where everyone's in a pig face or something. Yes, yeah. yeah. Every, all, the, all the doctors, it turns out this woman has been in a horrible car accident. Yes. She's beautiful, and yes. all the doctors are ugly. Right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're on the floor, and Norm gets thrown into this. Norm is the guy who plays Robert Stux. Imagine if you will. Or oh, another yeah. place in town. And Norm does not put any effort until it's game time. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. He's been here. He's, he's a pro. He's yeah. in everything. Uh, we don't all really know that yet. <laughs> we, should, we should have been hinted when he would pitch sketches to these brilliant. You know, Tom Hanks comes in after two Oscars, yeah, and we're like, "I have a goat boy. I'm gonna do cheerleader," and he's going, "Yeah." I'm going to do this guy with you, Tom, but you're the guy who poops his pants. You're like, hey, I'm going to poop in my pants. And you walk down the street, you know, and people are like, hey, I'm going to poop in my pants. That's the big pitch. And everyone's looking, he's like, yeah, it's going to be funny, trust me, man. You're going to like it. And see, not only are you nailing the voice, but but that is I I that's him, man. Yes, that's him to a T. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so the sketch goes on, and Catan starts in, 
with Norm on the floor. And yeah. There's a crowd. It's been going on all week. <laughs> oh, my God, Norm, you don't even sound like the guy. You know, why, <laughs> you can't, why they should have given the Daryl? And, yeah. and Norm's looking at me because I'm looking at him. Like, you're not going to... You're not going to lay into Catan? Are you kidding me? Right. And he's looking at me and he's smoking a cigarette. He's just giving me a wink. <laughs> and, and and it's like 30 seconds to the dress show. And the crowd, they like, oh my God, he's going to blow it. It's like my only sketch. Pamela, you're so hot. You smoke Catan. I'm going to suck your face. I'm going to lick you. You're beautiful. Oh my God, if you read Tommy, I'm going to suck your face. And we're on. And he's like, yeah, imagine if you will. <laughs> Another place in time, you know. <laughs> well, the sketch, the sketch gets picked up. And, okay. And, and even a couple of us were like, did they hear Norm do the voice? <laughs> and it's not only is it picked up, but it's kicking off the show. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Like, what? Well, I, I it was like that and Goat Boy back. Right. This was the big, big right. bang okay. for the night. And um, <laughs> we're on the floor. And one minute to a Twilight Zone. And he starts in again with live. Live. We're going live in it. He's going, yeah, no. You're going to try and do a voice and time? Yeah, you're terrible. Oh, family, huh? You're such a like your face. Oh, oh God, I want to suck your face. I'm quiet. I need Tommy later. 30 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm looking at Norm. He's smoking a cigarette on the flame. Yeah, you're not even supposed to smoke. Yeah, you're hot. You're such a... 15 seconds, and and Norm takes, like John Wayne back in the day, takes a cigarette, and he throws it on the floor, and he puts it out with his foot, and they go, 10 seconds, he goes, really loud, hey, Katan, why'd you just come out and tell everyone that you're gay? I mean, everyone, if you just come out of the closet, everyone would be happy, and you wouldn't be angry, and you wouldn't be taking everything out of five seconds. You wouldn't be taking everything out of me. Pamela Anderson no way they to do it. You because you're gay and we're on. And he turns at the camera. He's like, "Imagine if you will another place in time." And to hey, this Bert. day, I'll tell everyone if they ever come out with a best of or whatever, and look for that sketch oh. because all you will see is my shoulders going up and down uncontrollably <laughs> because I could not get my lines out. I was laughing so oh freaking hard. God, I awesome. contend that there are there are times wow. where I could hear. You, your laugh yes, is so right. distinct. Yes. So that was yeah, you. That was me. You could so you, you can hear me going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? I love that. I, I don't know how often that happens where you guys are, you know, doing something just to make yourselves laugh. You know, whether it be live because we'll do it here. Obviously, people can't see us. I'll be doing like a live read, and Preston will have his crotch right against my face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was listening before. I was cracking up. Uh, the whole South African thing. I was dying. <laughs> I'm looking for Hampton Inn. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus I didn't realize you did so many impressions. I, I don't know why. I don't see myself as an impressionist. I just, I'm a story, I'm an observer, and I tell the story. Here's, so. where, you, here's, where, you do, here's where you do it, because you bring the material as well. So, uh, you, well, like, I, you I'd know, say... you got, like, the essence of Norm MacDonald. Eh. And, and, <laughs> well, I, I consider him, that was the best weekend update ever done on that mm. show. Norm MacDonald. The best. Yes. At least the Germans really need to be. That's, that was like his hook once in a while. Let's hear what Frank Stallone thinks. What are you talking about? You're right, though. You're right. The, uh, I was watching some of your stuff, and you do a dead-on Harlan Williams. Oh, listen, buddy. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm gonna go on Preston and Steve. It's gonna be a treat there, buddy. You like that, pal? Oh, yeah, you do. He came in one day. I love that guy. Oh, he. Preston was Krispy Kreme out the whole yeah, show. Yeah, called hey, Krispy Kreme. I don't know hey why. Hey there, Krispy Kramer. <laughs> oh, I got to get you off to Canada there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, people I, mistaken me and half-baked with him. And I'm like, no, man, I'm a real high-looking guy. I, I went out into the green room. I went out to the green room to say hi to him. And he started talking to me like we were old friends. <laughs> right. And, hey, how have you been? How's the family? What's up? You know, and I'm like... Never met this right. guy before. <laughs> well, the thing you know? about him, which I still can't awesome. figure out, I think it's just his personality. You, you, he always seems like he's gonna just end with a joke. Yeah, he's never even when he's serious. You don't know if he's kidding. Yeah. So you know, he'll tell me because he comes up to me and I was waiting. He's like. Hey there, pal. <laughs> I got charged by a silverback. <laughs> I go, yeah, and what happens? <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> that's all I need to say there. <laughs> that's, that's... You ever get charged by a silverback there, pal? <laughs> And I, you know, I don't know if it's a bit. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm just standing like, wow. That's, I'm not sure if I should go into funny routine or, or if that's insulting you. Right, yeah, because right. you're no piker when it comes to, to you know riffing, obviously. No, but he, I have no problem. I don't want to yeah. step on another guy's shoes. Right. I'm like, yeah, take some swings. <laughs> see what you got. I'll join. I'll throw some pitches at you. Right. Wow. Wait, uh, when we were off air, Preston, what were you and Jim talking about with Jack Nicholson? Because I turned well, around and I saw it and it, I, just, I couldn't stop laughing. Well, he, was, uh, <laughs> he saw that I had uh, his prep sheet here, which okay. is some facts right. we have about Jim Brewer, and he's like, ah, oh, don't read that crap. It's usually... Yeah, because it says things like, uh, Jim Brewer was in the classic tight A&E with such acts of Matt Dillon and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, and and people will go, uh, what was it like working with Drew Barrymore? And I'll right. look at him and go, what are, you, what are you talking about? You're in tight A&E. For three seconds <laughs> in a closet. I, dude, right. what did you read? <laughs> I'd ask Jim if, if he gets tired of people asking, what was it like to work with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. So a person, I'm like, at what level does that stop of an actor? Because you, you almost always ask any actor. Sure. Or any, you know, what was it like to work with so-and-so, to work with De Niro, to work? But I said, wait a minute, De Niro, Jack Nicholson, those guys you they probably don't, don't ask what was it like to work with because they're at the top they, of the they're t- You know, Nicholson would be like, I'd say the most brilliant actor was me. I loved his etiquette. He was a smooth man. I liked the way he strode on to the set and just demand respect. God, your face is just like... Hands down, I'm the best. Where's my falafel? (laughs) 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 You're also doing something you don't hear a lot, which is the real matured Jack Nicholson as opposed to the, you know, the the, the more easily the guys default to. Well, the coolest thing is I got to to do a sketch with him, and um, the end of the night, he's... He's uh, he's at the end of the night, 
And uh, he goes, he's sitting in the corner of the room at the party, yeah. just sunglasses on and a bottle of water. Mm -hmm. And uh, about two in the morning, we're in the elevator, and he lifts his sunglasses up. And he's staring at me, giggling. He's with the older guy next to him. And I, you see the way I look. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, you know, <laughs> you look the way I feel. Feel all the time. <laughs> Does he not? <laughs> this is better, obviously. Oh. And I, I knew what he was talking about. And I just dropped the ball. I wanted to say so much to oh, him. I, just, I, I was like a baby. I figured, yeah. out who, what? I figured out who the model is. Who is it? Ella McPherson? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Wow. She you've was had, pretty. You, she's pretty. You had De Niro. You did the Pesci thing, obviously. Right. Uh, does, who is who's throwing you off your game? Uh, Nicholson obviously said you couldn't couldn't right. think of what to do. Was I anybody think, else just blow you away? That you said I'm 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 lost here. No, the only the only people that um, I have to say Jim Carrey. I was a little I really the idiot in front of him. Wow. I was stupid in front of. him. I wanted to be. I I was on this. Uh, um, on this urban show. I was on this black show. <laughs> it was called the Uptown Comedy Club. It's okay. It a comedian, it I can be say a black it. show, yeah, Jim yeah. Brewer said black. <laughs> <laughs> no one should see his show tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was on this black show in Harlem called the Uptown Comedy Club, and it was a great show, and I was the white guy of the cast. And everyone in Harlem, I, I became like a... It was pretty exciting. I'd yeah. walk through Harlem like, Yo, you tell him what's up, crazy white boy. You better, you just like that Jim Carrey. You just like that Jim Carrey. Right. Listen, you break down a can, you pretend you're dead. <laughs> Cannon ain't no Harlem. Right. So um, when he came on the show, you know, I, I was very starstruck because I think I saw Ace Ventura 5,000 times right. in the theater. I'm like, try stoned, unstoned. Dry stoned, unstoned. Just as funny. Right. And um, so when he was on, I sat there and I went, you know, uh, we have a lot in common. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we Healy. Um, I don't know how to teach you kids. <laughs> and, but I can tell the way he's looking at me. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you are in this black, you know, in living yeah. color, but I was on the show called Uptown Comedy. Go, and, you know, he, he just finished know. like yeah. three straight $100 million movies. Like, I'm just like you. You want to share my lollipop? I am Chevy. And I am striped. And I'm great. You have him great. And he just looked at me awkwardly. And yeah. I could tell, like, he said, ah, this guy. <laughs> You're out. Oh, oh it just sucks. Shame. It just sucks, you know. I, I loved him, too, man. I, and I saw Ace Ventura probably three times in the theater. I saw Dumb and Dumber in the theater. Me, too. Time. Yeah. Me, too. Love I, him. Yeah, without Love a doubt. Him. Oh, man. I'm One just the greatest. Like you. I am just like you. <laughs> One of the greatest. Not, no one talks about him. And, you know, they. I don't know, maybe because too, too silly or whatever. I, they don't get it. For him. He's, his his he's performance a in, in Liar Liar oh. is. Uh, is oh, I mean, the people comedy? don't yeah. realize. Oh. It's like when I watch you. you you're an explosion of, of comedy. I mean, you're, you're pure. You're the real deal. You're you just like Jim Carrey. You watch, <laughs> you're just like Jim Carrey. 
But in that movie, he's he's smashing himself off the walls. I mean, every second is yeah. filled with something that he worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. But he's, he's also good. a great actor, too. I mean, even in Dumb and Dumber, where, uh, you know, uh, he, he has that dramatic scene before they get on the road. And, you know, he's like, I'm just I'm tired of, 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 you know, being nobody. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm crying. Right now. <laughs> wow, you're at a weird place in your life. <laughs> I was. I, I, I love the fact that you're, you're a Long Island boy. I, I grew up in uh, Long Island as well. Did you, did, where'd Where? You, where'd you grow? I, I was uh, East Northport, Northport, Farmingdale, Massapequa. All around. Uh, Were your parents gypsies? (laughs) (laughs) All over the place. Wow. Uh, Did you you go to Nassau Community College? I did for about... Here's what happened. I, I went to, my it, mom, it always owes an explanation. My mom was like, oh, you know, take a county road. So I want to be an actor, a comedian. This is fall back. He needs to fall. So I signed up for accounting, and we were about accounting. six weeks into it. Right. And I was already failing mm-hmm. everything, and I didn't want anything to do with any of these classes. Right. So the teacher goes, uh, today's the last day you can get a W. A withdrawal, which basically means that you can still hold on to your credits and not lose them. So if you want to switch a major, and he didn't even finish his sentence, and I got up, yeah. and, I, and the whole class started cracking up, and I was getting my books, and I went, no, I'm out of here, man. And I think I said something like, you guys are going to see me in the movies, and you know, they laughed harder. Right, yeah. And then I went straight to the little acting building, where the little police building is. Do you remember the I little... do remember the campus, yeah, yeah. And, I didn't uh, go, but it was, it was, it was kind of the... It was... that's, that's, I went there signed up and I took acting for like a year and a half and you know they make you take all these other classes like poetry and like poetry (laughs) you gotta learn about Shakespeare I'm not doing park gigs (laughs) I'm gonna get discovered (laughs) and uh, I ran my course there and then stand up and then my parents moved to Florida and then I moved down there with them and then uh, I started Back up stand up and acting in eighty nine. So S- the SNL thing. When when did you when did you get that? Ninety five. And did you they they came down to Syria at a club or did you did you go in for an no, audition? No 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 no. NBC was trying to d- develop me for three years for TV shows, and they asked me if I would audition, and I said no. Really? And they said why? I said that's Every- ballsy. I said everyone that comes to that show comes out dark, ugly. I don't want anything to do with that show. And um, and it was just coming off that Janine Garofalo, yeah, Jay Moore, just horrible. Not a good cast. It's just yeah. a, it's just bad year. It was yeah. a bad karma. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, 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 it's gonna be different. Oh, please go. No, uh, Daryl Hammond was the one who convinced me. He's like, yeah, it's all different. You love it. You <laughs> <laughs> love this gig. And so I auditioned. And then the ne- and that's when I discovered Hollywood is also a power struggle and and how powerful Lorne Michaels was because NBC said you will look at Jim Brewer and and sent it. Lo- it was the first year NBC was stepping on Lorne's feet. Uh-huh. Go listen, listen. I know you, I know you did a lot of good work here. <laughs> Everything's good, but now. We got to step in and help you, okay? <laughs> this is my show. I know, but look at the cast, and it's my show. And uh, the next day after audition, big article in the New York Post. And as soon as you open up, my friend started calling me, like, not anymore. Brewer 
oh my god look at the paper you're in the paper you might not want to read it <laughs> that, that, that little addendum and i'm a i'm a no-name guy and right in front big picture lauren michaels started live looks for a new talent all of those you can already write off comedian jim brewer who auditioned oh, yesterday oh, oh man who Ouch. had sitcoms go bust on him and development deals and blah 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 that went nowhere I'm like what <laughs> yeah why would you write that about someone that's never even been on tv like right. what are you it's pretty harsh man yeah, it's like a band coming to audition the next day everyone's writing about. Yeah. And then not until after I realized it was a big power struggle between. That was Lauren going, oh, I'll show you about your big star. Oh, so oh, really? so you you were set up because you were being forced on him and he was going to make it I didn't know that. I had no clue about so that. So was the clock ticking on you from the get-go? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. man. What's, what's the audition process like for a show like that? Watch uh, Jim Brewer YouTube audition. Really? Yeah, it's on there. Okay. It's, it's almost got a half a million hits, but um, there you go. You got it right there. Wow. It was the most, there's no one in front of you. You got to go on a stage, and I don't know how I, I, I don't know how I made it to a callback. I really? Be, yeah, I think NBC made them. Did you just walk out thinking, that, okay, that, well, this, I can write this off. This is not going to happen. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. There's no way. I thought I was getting it, especially after this thing. Because they wanted three impressions and three characters. And look at me, I'm doing a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a pigeon. They want to do impressions. And back then, I was, I was in decent shape. Yeah. I was, you know, I was a little better looking. And I said, one of my impressions was Brad Pitt in 20 years. And I stuck my gut out. Yeah. Pretend he was fat and washed up and... And I said, let me get a sandwich. I used to be Brad Pitt. And, <laughs> and then, see, look at me. I'm doing bugs. I'm now, doing bugs. Are they giving you anything back? Are they laughing? No. no nobody's really? laughing. That's Stone tough. face. It's like standing in a room, and, and Lauren, <laughs> Lauren is, is, uh, is caressing his chin. And he doesn't like no, you like to begin with. Scientist yeah. goes out with his chin like, <laughs> he's just walking back and forth in front of you. You can't see him right God. now. But he's just walking back and forth, not looking at you. As if he's buying, a, like, a sofa or something. Yeah. yeah. But, yes. But at the same time, like, I get it. Like, if you're going to be on a big stage in the big arena, can you handle this? Yeah. 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 Can you handle eating chow? <clears throat> right. Because if you can eat chow here, you can eat chow anywhere, I did guess. It, uh, did the relationship between you two kind of even It got out? better. It got better. Okay, yes. Good. And I always had a great relationship with her. And then the thing he said to me was... Um, now, this is after two months of auditions and coming to see me in a club, and it's about two and a half weeks before the first show airs. They got the whole cast, and they had me in, and all the producers and writers there, and he goes, um, there's a lot of people pulling for you, and there's a lot of people not, and... We have a very heavy cast. If you do make it to the cast, you probably won't get on a lot. Um, and you'll grow to resent me like all the others. <laughs> and I cracked up and I went, no, I would I would never resent you. Why would I resent you? He's like, mm, they all do. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I never forgot that. And I, and I knew he really meant it. Like part of him yeah. must be really hurt by that. And yeah. people get off show. Like, Lord Michael sucks. So although it ended, it was more of a thing with me and a head writer. Okay. Um, it ended great with Lauren uh, going like Jim. You know, you're you're too good for this industry. That's what he said. You're what too good for the industry? What amazes me is that because it seemed for a while there, all they were looking for was movie franchises, and that that a goat boy movie never was that ever discussed. 
Never discussed. However, Mark McKinney had a great idea for uh, uh, we we were gonna we. We had an idea for a Goat Boy movie, okay. and we wanted to make it the best SNL non-goofy movie, where Goat Boy, well, it was Teen Wolf Fos- I'll tell you what the Goat Boy movie was, okay. so, and Hollywood could steal it, do whatever we <laughs> want with it. <clears throat> um, Goat Boy movie was, uh, Goat Boy, it's seen like the Elephant Man, right. okay. where Goat Boy's in a cage. I like it already. Uh, and he's being, you know, yeah. ah, you're up next, you dopey thing. Uh, leave me alone. You know, whatever. Yeah. And he's in a stinky cage right. with pigs and everything. And he comes out and he does his show, like a freak show. And then what happens is he escapes. Yeah. And he finds out he's in hiding and there's a big man hunt for a go boy. And because he was a an experiment from the government, that's what happened. Okay. He was an experiment to fight terrorists, to get up on mountains and because they couldn't okay. get... This is before the Taliban existed. Sure. We were already like, hey, we're way ahead of our time. <laughs> so, so what happened was he found out who the guy who did the experiment on him and failed, which is sort of like the it's guy. It's like Wolverine. Sort of, right? In the X-Men? Right. I don't remember. I guess so. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But to me, it was more like uh, uh, the guy from Back to the Future. Okay. Yes, well, right. we can do this. We right. can do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he finds him. They do the operation in a garage. He's like, you know, the government got rid of me. I can't do these experiments anymore. I can't guarantee you'll get back to normal. And Go Boy just want to be a normal, good-looking life guy. He wants his humanity back so he gets me back to looking normal but what happens is as time goes on like teen wolf you know he's hanging out in the bar he's like yo man let me <laughs> <laughs> he starts looking around like, yo man. what's going on and he, he only it only happens when he's st- when he meets a girl and yeah. the girl makes him nervous so every time he's like i think you're beautiful <laughs> what was that oh nothing i'm just <laughs> i gotta go right. where are you going <laughs> so she <laughs> You know, and there's this manhunt still to find him, and they find it, and and now they know he's back to normal because they found the scientists, and he was in whatever. And the chick is the only one that knows the secret. His secret right. will never let him go. I'm gonna cry just talking about this poor guy. It's beautiful, <laughs> but at the end, um, they need him to get this mad terrorist on a mountain where just the military cannot get to and okay. you know oh, go boy as a human is able to climb this freaking <laughs> right. rock and right. all that. I love that. that oh that's a great movie that's a great, it's a great movie if hollywood wants to make if you guys can produce it we'll yeah. try yeah. Don't get we'll some of your friends yeah, yeah. we'll hey. low budget it <laughs> and we'll, nice take a, we'll take a two-way split and we'll make millions there we'll we go make this thing for four million we'll, <laughs> we'll film it in north carolina <laughs> <laughs> on the sand dunes there. Sure. And boom, five years, we pack it up, end this. Yeah, we're, I love it. We're friends with M. Night Shyamalan. We can, we'll Show's over. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, listen. And gang. the movie's just called this. Ready? Wait. Live this summer, the movie of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that? M-E-H-A-A-A. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, let's uh, let's properly frame that. Um, yeah, yeah, l- let me get some uh, some music to set up that okay. movie trailer because this. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second here, and we'll let you uh, take it from here, Jim. This summer, <laughs> the movie we've been waiting for for a lifetime. This isn't like all the other corny SNL movies you've seen in your life. <laughs> 
the most beloved character, the one that is bigger than everyone likes to admit on Saturday Live, <laughs> now comes to the silver screen. More of a story of just about an animal. This is a story of an adventure. One of the greatest stories of our time. We can wrap it up with one sound. <laughs> there you go. July 8th. There you go. You're looking at a $60 million weekend? Oh, dude, I guarantee yeah. you we'd open up at 20. Yeah. Uh, 20. 20 That's mil. Awesome, Easy. Man. Awesome to have you here again, man. You too. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys so much. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. That yeah. is Jim Brewer. Yeah. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers is now offering financing online with interest-free options available for a limited time. Get pre-qualified in seconds. Learn more at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. The Beat File brought to you by Sequoia Outback. Whether you're looking to build a new deck or freshen up the patio with new furniture, Sequoia Outback has everything you need to create your backyard oasis. Route 309 in Hatfield or online at decksupplies.com. We'll start with this. A 16-year-old girl in Taiwan had more than 30 ants inside her ears because of her affinity for snacks. Whoa! Recently, her ears started itching, and when her family member said that they had seen ants climbing out of her ears. Is, uh, is it that uh, ants climbing out of your ears? Uh, she rushed to see a doctor. Well, so she, she had... Why? Why was she doing that? The doctor found that there were about six ants in the girl's left ear and more than 20 in her right ear. Wow. Uh, fortunately, she got to move some over. Uh, the ants had not caused any harm to the girl's eardrum. The girl said uh, she always likes eating snacks and clearing her ears while lying in bed. That's what she said. I don't know what the what? hell that means. She likes eating snacks and clearing her ears while she's in bed. That's what she likes to do. I just kill her. All right, so anyhow. Uh, she's only, she's only going to be trouble. Uh, this story is out of, I don't know, where is this Florida? Yes, it's out of Florida. It says the condo smelled awful. Carol Kingsbury and her sister expected that. Ten months after her sister's friend had died and later was cremated, a court gave the women permission to enter his retirement condo and get his final affairs in order. Alan Dunn, who had committed suicide at 86, had told neighbors that his wife was in a nursing home. But when the sisters went into his apartment, oh, no. Kingsbury made a gruesome discovery. A body in a chest freezer that was sitting on the porch. <gasps> Investigators believe it could be Dunn's wife, Margaret, and that he kept her death secret for more than a decade so that he collect her benefits. So this woman's body sat on ice for 10 years on his front porch. Front porch. Investigators theorize the woman died in 2000 natural causes. Hi, Gammy. The body is <laughs> the body is that of a seventy-eight to eighty-year-old woman, and they have not yet positively. It's her. It's got to be her. Identified her. Margaret Dunn purchased the condo. Property records show, and then five years later, Alan Dunn was named the guardian of his wife and assumed possession of all her property and income. Neighbors agreed Alan Dunn wasn't a favorite in the complex. He seldom attended condo meetings or social events. You're all a bunch of a-holes. And sometimes, uh, some say that they hadn't seen Margaret in a decade. Yeah. 
Uh, when when neighbors <laughs> no stop, when neighbors stop seeing Margaret, They're probably because she's in my freezer. Bitch <laughs> <laughs> is frigid. Dare. When uh, neighbors stopped seeing Margaret, they were told that she was moved to a nursing home up north. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Alaska. <laughs> Northern Alaska. Cold up there. Dunn shot himself on August 4th in 2010. What if I go get a popsicle? No! Still trying to find out exactly what happened. Uh, a man's rare coin collection worth about $1 million wow. was scattered along Interstate 95 when the collector's oh, car was involved no, in a rollover no. crash on Thursday evening. It just it flew everywhere. Uh, a couple was headed north to a coin show when the back... A coin show. When the back coin show. Yes. <laughs> It's a coin show. It's a, a coin, coin show. show. Well, you know they coins. have those. Uh, when the back passenger side tire blew out, the SUV rolled, flipping as many as five times. Jeez. The rare connection collection went flying out of the car, spilling across the medium. And uh, the collector's wife's arm was fractured in the crash. What are you guys pointing at each other? I have two quarters. Oh, <laughs> we're trying to get coins falling and we don't have We don't have effect. an actual coin sound effect, so these are live. Yeah. Do that again. Oh. There you go. There, there you Sounds so like awesome. a million dollars worth of coins. <laughs> that was a rare 1974 quarter. All right. Well, anyway, uh, the the man initially had refused to leave the scene. He his injuries were pretty bad. Uh, he was in pain, but he was more worried about the money. My right? coins. Rescue workers uh, convinced the dealer, who they said had heart problems, that he needed to go to the hospital. The pain started setting in. Oh wow, that's good. Where did that come from? Uh, Marissa had it. <laughs> she has everything. No, I mean the cartoony effect. Oh, that's Steve. I, I wanted to hear the coins. You going to try it again? <laughs> you want to do it again? Do it again. Is it really worth it? <laughs> well, it's too late now. We're committed, for Christ's sake. They fell Anyway, uh, the man <laughs> tapped into his network of collectors. God damn it. The network... <laughs> The man tapped into his network of collectors in the area to help recover the coins. Eight to nine people came out with metal detectors. They tried to clean I'll, up I'll come help you. The roadway. I got a metal detector. And mess as I much as possible. I live for this crap. Uh, troopers stayed to help, too, and a tow truck driver found about $46,000 in bills in Jeez. the trees. How much was he able to reclaim value-wise? They didn't say From a million dollars. They said there's still a bunch out there. Oh. And uh, they are trying to encourage people to not go out because it's in the middle of a highway. Yeah, if you tell people don't go out there because there's a million dollars, they'll listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We have time for one more. The Everett School District has suspended cheerleaders they believe were conducting initiation rituals in violation with the district's athletic code. Sources say uh, that some of the older cheerleaders on the squad made the new members wear diapers, then shot them with squirt guns and hit them with hot dogs. Well, that's uh, mother, how you get it to Congress. Mother of an accused cheerleader said the alleged hazing happened inside her home. The school district suspended several cheerleaders, saying that they violated the athletic code of conduct, which prohibits hazing. I didn't realize that hazing was a part of cheerleading. Yeah, it can be. Can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, several parents of the cheerleaders met with uh, school officials, but the suspensions were not overturned. But diapers and squirt guns, it's really not that bad. And throwing hot yeah. dogs? Yeah. yeah. It could be worse. Compared to real hardcore frat stuff. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the V-file. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay there. Thank you.
Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. It's Nick, and I'm in with Sarah, and we're having a nice time, and we're reminiscing. We're doing some best of bits with Preston and Steve, and uh, we're having a good time. I hope you're having a good time as well on this Friday. Um, I wanted to bring up something, and I, I don't mean to be a downer on a Friday, but I wanted to acknowledge the passing of a friend of the Preston and Steve show. Her name was Helene Marcanti. She was the executive assistant to Villanova men's basketball head coach Jay Wright. Uh, Helene was a kind soul, a really giving person. We had a great and have a great relationship with Jay Wright, um, who was an awesome person and, and a great guy and obviously an incredible basketball coach, in no small part due to uh, Helene's efforts over the years. Um, Helene was a huge Preston and Steve show fan, a huge MMR fan. Uh, she made sure that Jay Wright came down to Camp Out for Hunger every year. She always reminded Jay who we were. She said, okay, Nick went to Bucknell oh, and Kathy went to uh, so Westchester. She just was the best. And um, she had a, a battle with cancer that she lost yesterday. Um, and uh, I'm really going to miss her. She just was a, a, a wonderful person. So I, I just wanted to acknowledge that in case any of Helene's family are listening or anybody in Villanova's community are listening. Um, because she deserves to be acknowledged. She lived a great life and uh, I was lucky enough to know her. So thank you for letting me uh, get that off my chest and indulging me for a moment. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, it's uh, it's a loss for all of us because she just she was the best. So we'll miss you, Helene. Um, but we're gonna get past that. We're gonna go about our day and and uh, enjoy some more cool bits from Preston and Steve show. We have this great interview with uh, Jeremy Piven coming up in a moment. We have the monkey riding a dog. So it is it's a no sad bro <laughs> kind of a Friday. That's uh, right, no sad bro, no sad bro day. Um, and it, it is rainy out today. High of only seventy six. Thunderstorms throughout the day, so we're, we're hoping to get you through your day, and um, we do have to get you to work. So uh, Sarah is here, and she's going to give you the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Sarah, what's going on? Blue having northbound around Conjahawkin. Two lanes are blocked with an accident there. The Vine is slow westbound from Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill. Schuylkill eastbound is slow Montgomery Drive to Spring Garden Street. In New Jersey, 55 north is slow Deptford to 42, and in Delaware, 95 north, is heavy between Naaman's Road and Chichester Avenue. The right lane is closed with construction. This track report is brought to you by UPSjobs.com. Want to earn $1,400 per hour this summer and get money for college? Become a warehouse worker now at UPS. Search and apply at UPSjobs.com slash Philly. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Our guest of honor has arrived for the day. Uh, and uh, let me just uh, run down a, a things about him. Golden Globe winner, Emmy winner. Yeah. Lots of great movies, TV shows. Want me to run down a couple of these? Sure. Right, Many that we quote on a consistent basis. Yeah. Oh, we'll go back. We'll do some of these in chronological order. One Crazy Summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Say Anything. Singles. PCU. Old School, of course. And uh, Entourage, of which I think we're going to roll a clip real quick. Everybody, stop. I didn't go to the Lakers game because they were playing the f- Bobcats. And I came here today because I thought this was a session on how my wife could learn to communicate. How to answer a question without a question. Basic Humanity 101, which I thought, given your wall of diplomas, you could easily fix. Or if you couldn't, you could give her a pill that could either fix it or make her a mute. But now, (laughs) to turn around and gang up on me, I have work to do. I have hundreds of clients to deal with. And just so we're clear, I don't care about any of them. They're all just a number, like wife number one and therapist number seven. Good day. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Gold from Entourage, Jeremy Pitt. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Thank you. What a great intro. I appreciate it, man. 
That sent shivers down my spine. It did. <laughs> well, because what that reminds me of walking in circles every night memorizing lines. Oh, Dude, really? Because I hear and go, ah, oh, like I think I'm, I'm, it's like a nightmare. Like I think I'm back on the set and I have to do another take. You have such a rapid fire delivery with such a bulk of dialogue because yeah. let's face it, you are entourage so, <laughs> and your scenes are so intense. Did you have to, is it still a struggle to learn such intensive Dialogue, which you also deliver so well, I, I I can't even comprehend your ability to do that. Well, thank you. I mean, I, it's literally like anything else. I mean, like this guy who's been on the ice since he was a kid. You know, right? I've been I've been acting since I was eight years old, and it, it, for me, there I think there are things that that you do well and things you don't do well. And one of the things I don't do well necessarily is memorize lines, so I have to work that much harder. And so it has to almost be like a play. You got to like keep running them and running them. Until it's just second nature. But you have you, a, you have a you have a Shakespearean back, right? You you. Uh, I, I do. I mean, I I, I studied Shakespeare, Shakespeare in London right, yeah. and, and and went to school at NYU. Did that assist at all? Uh, it it all does. I'm just a big dummy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and I tried to do a That's right. ten second promo for Couldn't Fox do it. 29. Couldn't do it. And Didn't even know the, our own names. Like 20 <laughs> takes. <laughs> Yeah. I, it was, it's ridiculous. I yeah, well, you guys, you, guys you know, you get you see your comfort zone. You have yeah. your, your cans on, you're reading off, you know, whatever yeah. you're reading off of. But for me, it's like you got you got to rise to the occasion every day and make that sound like it's it's improvised yeah. when every single word is not is is written down. Um, this season we just finished. Uh, it's I, I have a, a session like that um, <laughs> in the ther in therapy, and it's it's double that. Really, and they gave it to me at the last second, and and the the prop guys panicked and immediately started writing up cue cards, and I've never had cue cards in my life, mm -hmm. and it made me so furious. <laughs> I, I sat the prop guys in there, and from I, I made sure the take one was just. Like on fire, Flawless, like my yeah. head was exploding. Well, good for and you, I man. Just put it in their face. But how, how, <laughs> I mean, for you, I mean, because you, you you're memorizing your lines. How annoying is it, the person you're working with, if they don't know their lines? Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that <laughs> because, like our our President Barack Obama has shown us, you know, to take the high road. I could take swings right now. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know how many takes it took to do that scene that we played in Entourage, but at the end of it, I swear to God, I started applauding because I was I was so energized by yeah. your energy coming out of it. So you, you nailed it. Thank you so much. It's, it's it's a blast. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to see the goods. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be, this is as hardcore <laughs> a movie I've seen in a while. And it reminds me in a good way of a movie that Preston and I love called used cars love which we movie. love to death yeah but this carries this to the nth level so well, and it seems like you have like a great comedy pedigree in this movie well it's it's the guys that, that created anchorman and talladega and stepbrothers and uh you know we got we got will ferrell and, and ed helms and dr ken from the hangover yeah. and uh it it, it it like going to the set every day basically it, it would be like playing with the dream team i mean every one of these guys was a comedy like assassin and they could improvise their asses off. Can you say that on radio? Yes, yeah, it, and it, it raise, I assume it raises your game, right? Uh, it completely yeah. raises my game. And I've never, you know, I'm probably 50 movies into it, and I've never had a response like this to any movie I've ever done, including old school. Do you know what I love about these movies, though? And I love what, uh, with old school. Uh, for a while, comedy was trying to play it safe a bit, and you got, I mean, the dialogue in this movie is the way guys would talk. Uh, there, there are, and I'm not exaggerating here, there, there are quotable lines that I can't quote here. I mean, I will yeah. if you want me to. I'll go to that place. I have no problem. But I, I was literally, we were in Dallas, and I was sitting next to to Tony Romo and Brett Hall and all these um, amazing athletes were in the house. And Romo was doing a little dip, and 
there is a line that a woman says in this movie, and he was laughing so hard he started choking, and I, I thought for sure I was going to have the, the Heimlich on him, yeah. and that uh, I would have this magnificent pro quarterback expire on me. It was, it was frightening. <laughs> what I love about uh, you is your ability to play those characters uh, so well. Like, you're so... Uh, Lovable in Entourage, but like in in Gross Point Whoa. Blank, your character uh, is just like this. You know, he was kind of like a, a nerd in in uh, high school. Yeah, here he is ten years later. He hasn't really beaten that, uh, and and you're able to sort of capture the angst of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All yeah the well, time. That's, well, well. Thank you. That's uh, Gross Point Blank is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a dark comedy. It's it's a hard tone to hit and. Uh, it's so funny because once you do a role like Entourage, and I'm experiencing this now in Hollywood, it's like as soon as my name comes up and they just go, well, he's Ari, right? That's, yeah. all, that's all he can do. And you're thinking, wow, I, I had literally done 40 movies before I started shooting Entourage. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny. They, they kind of, you know, have their memories or just erased. So that, But that's what's so great about The Goods because this character, Don Reddy, is... It, it, the, for the people that love Ari Gold, they'll come in and go, yeah, yeah, this is familiar territory. But because he's aggressive and abrasive and really sharp on his feet, but mm-hmm. he's so completely, ultimately different than Ari and goes to places that Ari wouldn't go to. So it's more satisfying for me and the audience. Ultimately, he's looking to do a good thing, which is to save a business, you know, right? His, his... Yeah, yes, he is. But, yeah. he's, but he's also uh, totally, completely self-consumed. Okay, okay. A, com- a complete narcissist who only eats in strip clubs. <laughs> and, 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 and it's the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. But but ultimately, you know, he realizes that, that life has a little bit something more. And it's not one of those cautionary tales no, or you know, no, whatever. No. It's just raucous fun. But at the same time, it's this weird coming-of-age movie for this guy. And for any guy out there that needs to step up and... and, and maybe stop being such a dog right right mm-hmm. is he is he just a car salesman or does he is he a fixer does he come in and take care of whatever needs to be done as far as selling stuff goes he thinks he's a fixer he thinks he's a rock star and he's just a car salesman okay and he thinks he can hit the high notes and he's such a bad singer that it literally causes a riot <laughs> really yeah that's how that's what bad singer he is yeah it's it's funny because like the the r-rated comedies of this decade really kind of started with old school and todd phillips and then the apatow you know crew started yep. coming in and they sort of uh, like Steve sent me the trailer today of the uh, the Red Band trailer, which is uh, which is a mofo. It's, awesome. it's, up, it's up on our site. Yeah. That alone, that alone is price of admission. Yeah. Cursing and boobs really add to a movie. <laughs> it, it really does, and yeah, and yeah uh, Adam McKay who did right. this and Apatow are the guys who kind of broke this this whole thing loose. And Will Ferrell is back to his old form. Uh, Dr. Ken, who you know, who's the Asian gentleman that popped out of the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. He's, they're they're, they're yeah. pegging him as one of Apatow's big finds, this guy. Well, was, he was yeah. a doctor, and Judge just pulled him out. He's a just, real doctor. He's a real doctor, oh, absolutely. Okay. So I, I haven't yeah. seen, I, I saw the trailer, and there's a point where you're talking about Pearl Harbor. He's yeah. not saying anything. He's yeah. swooping his eyes. <laughs> yeah. cracked up. Yeah. And then we commit a hate crime. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we completely beat him down. And then... We turn the tables on him, and then he ends up apologizing. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how twisted it is. It's just absolutely ridiculous. How, how much gets generated on set when you have a collection of people that adept to comedy, and, I, and you're all, I'm sure, biting at the bit to improv? Is it is it absolutely by the by the word, or do you take flights of fancy? Well, it, it, in in the beginning, the first few are by the by the word because it's also just happens to be the funniest script I, I've read since since old school, right? Um, 
and then with with this particular team, you just completely let it fly. But these guys are are, and I you know been doing it for a while, but they're the best out there. So it was both like completely like exhilarating, but also intimidating because. Will Ferrell is like he's like a complete Hall of Famer. Like yeah. when he starts doing his thing, you realize, oh, that's why they pay him a great deal of U.S. currency to speak. Yeah, yeah, because he's a genius. <laughs> like every take is completely usable, really funny, and doesn't alienate. Like you know, anyone can get the joke, which yeah. is a really hard thing to do, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one line, and if I say it. Will you guys bleep it, or what happens? So do I go to the radio jail? <laughs> can, you, can you paraphrase or say similar words? Yes, I, I, I'll All try. Right. I try right. I'll Give try. that a shot. I'll try to paraphrase. All right. uh, I'm selling a car to Ed Helms, and um, Catherine Hahn, who plays Babs, who is, is going to be, in my opinion, the next kind of queen of comedy. She just... I've never seen anything like this in my life. Um, the sequence where she's putting the hard sex out on the, exactly. uh, the car is awesome. That's her. Yeah. She's on fire. And, well, Ving Rhames goes, if he sells that car, you know, it, wow, that looks like, uh, that's like a force of nature. That's like a, a pig going down on a hyena. <laughs> and then she goes, if he sells that car, I'll eat my own <laughs> Okay, yeah, we need to lose that. Wait, that's a... <laughs> that was paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Radio's chilling it. Did you paraphrase it? You know what, though? Wait, 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 what does paraphrase mean again? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, John. I dumped out. <laughs> General managers in here. Um, Wait, how, what's the fine, John? I got, I got some money on me. It's like twelve hundred, right? Oh no, no, no. no. no? They skipped it up. Three fifty. It's about three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Three hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For what I just said? No, no, no. We got it. You're good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're on a delay. Yeah. Oh. A forty second delay. Oh my god. But we're gonna isolate that clip and play it again later on because that was <laughs> that's, that's a good line. line. Okay. Definitely. But that's the line. That made Romo choke. Literally, <laughs> I swear to you. I swear to you. How there's much, a, there's like, a whole bunch of those too, which is great. Yeah. But lines like that, or, or even a script for Entourage, how much is the writer, and how much are the actors? Uh, in in the goods, it's 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 kind of. 50-50, because they just, as great, it's, you know, one of the funny scripts I've ever read, uh, and yet, when you've got these guys who are just assassins, you know, you've got to let them run, so it was about half and half, and and uh, and some of the biggest lines will come from improv, and on Entourage, you know, people say, what's the difference between film and TV? The, the, the difference is, we just don't have as much time. I mean, I personally would like to just keep improvising until they make me leave the set. You know, just keep yeah. going, right, right. keep swinging away. But it, it, it costs a lot to do that. We just yeah. don't have that, that kind of time, yeah. Well, speaking of time, Entourage does not need to be a half hour. It needs to be an hour. Yeah. Like, I get so upset at the end of, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, I'm like, you know... I feel like uh, you got Jim. You got a little Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's just such a good show. And you guys pack so much in there. But I love your character. At the end of the last episode, you're sitting in. You're such a shark. But then at the end of the episode, you're sitting in bed with your son, which is like such a lovable trait for your character. Well, that's so so cool. You say that because Doug Allen, who writes it, that's actually his son, Lucas. Oh, really? Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, um, actually, I I I'm I'm the all time like the babysitter for my nieces for Lily Rose and Pearl. And I was dropping them off at school, and I saw Lucas 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, what's up, Lucas? And Lily Rose goes, how do you know Lucas? <laughs> and I said, well, he, uh, Lucas and I work together, and, and they don't know that Uncle Jeremy has a job. <laughs> like, literally, they just think Uncle Jeremy's job is to pick them up at school. Right. And to, be a, and, and to get them American Girl dolls. <laughs> I swear to God, that's, that's what Uncle Jeremy does. That's the greatest uncle of all time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I just keep buying their love, and it, and it won't ever stop, by the way. Right. You yeah. have to. So um, I said, well, Lucas and I work together, and they go, what do you wear? And I go, oh, well, uh, Uncle Jeremy's an actor. And they're like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> what do you do with him? And I go, oh, well, it's a, it's a show that I do with Lucas. He plays my son. And it's called Entourage. And they go, oh. And then they just stop talking and turn away because it was, I'm, a parasi- I'm embarrassing them at this point. <laughs> but, but then I'm now cool because Lily Rose knows who Zac Efron is. Uh-huh. And Zac did a guest spot on oh, the show. Right. And then now Uncle Jeremy's kind of cool. Well, yeah. you do you do a lot of cartoon voiceover stuff as well. I do. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I did Cars, and I do. You know, any any time I can go nearer stuff, I'm going to do a, a new one called Marmaduke. Oh, based so, on the comic strip with yeah, the, exactly. the large Great Dane. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's just it's just overacting. Uh, that's what what you know, and what I'm best at. So <laughs> I just I love doing cartoons. Hey, you mentioned uh, your niece Pearl. Is yeah. she the one in the the Landlord series? She is. She is the, with, that uh, Pearl with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, with the the, okay. the little girl uh, cursing that's him out. That's great. Does a great job. That was hysterical. Yeah, uh, Pearl shot that when she was three. Yeah. And she basically, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's her, her mother, my sister, is an actress and a director, and, and her the husband is, is Adam McKay, who's the writer and director, was, was the head writer on SNL for seven years. I'm the uncle. My mom is the one that taught us all, all how to act, and my father did as well. So she comes, it's in, it's in her blood. And I can honestly say, without a doubt, at four years old, she's the best actor in the family, <laughs> hands down. Because she can, first of all, she can, she can repeat anything you say, and then also be directed. She could take direction. Really, wow. she can change how she says she it. Can change, I mean, look at her in the look at the, in the thing with Will Ferrell. She's yeah. breaking down, screaming, "I want my money, bitch!" Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, she's three years old, and then. My sister had to retire her because, like, I took her to go see Bolt, you know, and yeah. I, I took her to the bathroom, and people were like, Pearl, Pearl, and she's like, I, she didn't quite know why, know why yeah. everyone knew her. Yeah. And then she thought it was a play date with Will. She didn't know it was documented. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she doesn't really? know why people know her. Oh, okay. yeah, All and right. it's kind of unnatural. Yeah, yeah just a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want her doing crack with Screech at 14 right. years old. You know, I mean, I think it'd be better just to have her not be an actress. Yeah, li- live a life and do her thing. So gonna... she's she could be in the Guinness Book as the, as the youngest retiree. Actually, <laughs> sure. It's interesting how you mentioned that uh, that Ari has sort of taken over this uh, persona for you, where everybody kind of knows you for that. Because I, I've been a fan of yours for a really long time, and going back to movies like like Judgment Night, even and, right, and right. PCU. Yeah. Um, but one of my personal favorites is just one of my favorite movies of all time is your scene in Singles, and you uh, interacting at the grocery store uh, it, it slayed me did, was that uh, a part that uh, came about because you were friends with Cameron Crowe or how did you get that I, I had done a movie for uh, Cameron before was and say anything say right? anything yeah. exactly and he called me up the night before and this is basically my career right here this happens to me all the time calls me up the night before and goes we need we need a little pop we need something here can you come in and play the grocery store clerk and I look at it and it's and it's uh, literally one line and he said just come in and improvise so on their lunch break they just had me go in there and I just what you want to do is the the way that I even made a career was like literally taking scraps and just making meals out of them. And so, yes, it is improv, but I'll just write like different versions of a monologue and then just keep riffing on it and, and improvising and trying to figure out a way. And you just keep going until they 
pull you off the set. And that's the only way to do it. Doug Hughley, Mr. Deegan's class. Doug, hi. What is up, you <laughs> old goat? How you doing, man? Okay. I haven't seen you in a long time. You know how much homework I missed because of you? I loved your radio show. That was the best. Thanks, man. You know what? We're throwing down tonight over on Aloha Street. Yeah, we've got two bands. It's going to be insane. Would you get up and do a little Wheels of Steel? Oh, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah. You're the only man I know who can mix up Elvis Costello and Public Enemy. What's so funny about peace, 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 loving under peace, 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 death row, what does a brother understand? Peace, 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 understand peace, peace, you're the best, man. You are the king. You are the king. You gotta be there, man. You must be there. I love that. That's awesome. You might be busy. Well, you know, you know what's so funny is you make. Of course, you, make, you may be busy. <laughs> that was the that was the, the the written lines were, of course, you may be busy, and uh, the intro, the the hello, uh, yeah. uh, no, the Doug Hughley. Yeah. I haven't seen you since high school, so it was like basically two lines, and then the rest <laughs> is up to me, and I. Basically, it's my job to make the star look good. So I basically was like, well, okay, let's let's think of what he used to do. He used to be a DJ. And then I just wanted to mix Elvis Costello and Public Enemy for some reason. I don't know why. I just wanted to take two bands. It seemed like a good idea. Yeah. Um, And you know what's so funny is that I think I got maybe three, I was like $360 to do the. To do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And check this out. This is the funny part. It cost them about twenty grand because they had to get the rights. They had to get the rights from Chuck D. and Public Enemy. Oh, yeah. Just for you singing that. Just for me singing that. That's right, and they had yeah. to get it from Elvis Costello, and everyone had to get the rights and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So it was like, like <laughs> you yeah. ended up costing them cost twenty them grand, just like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll hey. never have him back. <laughs> have you seen uh, the movie with an audience yet? I've seen it a number of times, and i got to tell you, when you're making a movie and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're making each other laugh and you're having the time of your life, that's one thing. To go into a theater and see people laugh from the get-go and laugh the entire movie, and there are no lulls, it's kind of like... Wow, I mean, if, if nothing else happens to this movie, I feel like what a success. Yeah, we can, we can, you can go right now and have and just laugh for ninety minutes, and we all need that. We're, it's, these are strange times, so I feel great about it. And also, uh, just so you guys know, I I actually am the guy who's committed to Twitter, and I actually bought my own name back. Oh, so really? A guy named Craig had my name, which is interesting. How much did you pay for that? Uh, it was a few hundred bucks to get my own name, which was weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah, but I need my own identity. Back. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> And so it's just Jeremy Pivot on Twitter, and this has changed the game. I don't know if you guys have known this, but yep. like even with Bruno, what it is is it's put the power back in our hands in terms of word of mouth has never been like this. So you go and you see a movie, you see a screening, and you go, you know what? I really dig this, or it's not right for me. You put it on Twitter, you put it out in the universe, and then people can see your opinion as opposed to a studio saying, here's our, here's our superstar. And you're going to like this movie, and we're going to put millions of dollars into, into an ad campaign. You better like it. And people are going, well, wait a minute. I just saw this movie. There aren't any international stars, but The Hangover looks really funny. Yeah. And then it changes it. Or with Bruno, some people were on the fence, and it changes the face of of, of the run of a movie. And, I, and it's putting the power back with with the people, which I think is kind of amazing. Well, in, in Bruno, it, it, it dropped it, actually. I mean, the word of mouth got out, you know, but, I mean, this is this is a, a great way to uh, for you to just go directly to your, your audience. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm so proud of this movie. It's 
it's it's just a it's just a blast and to watch people you know guys are quoting and and high-fiving and women love it and and so for I just want to give people a chance to just say their opinion of this thing sure and you and you basically follow me on Twitter and let me know if you like it or not and and this is I want see because you have these test audiences and they go to the middle of nowhere and I get them back and I don't know but this is a way of going wait a minute this is what people really right, feel about right, it yeah. so it can just be the truth out there and you got a lot more people that are that are weighing in as opposed to, to focus groups and things like that. That's a handful of people watching uh, movies. It, it, it is indeed, which yeah. is which is you know I don't think the best way to go. So I think times are changing, which is which I think is pretty cool. Another question I have: uh, I wanted to ask what the 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 big deal about Entourage is to uh, sports stars because uh, each time that we we had uh, Adrian Grenier was here and uh, you know Shane Victorino from our Philly showed up, he was dying to meet him. You know yeah. Riley Cote comes in here from the Flyers to meet you, and also there was a story about uh, Dan Carcillo, yeah, who, who uh, wanted to be on the show. And uh, and you were talking about you know Tom Brady and Brett Hull and you were hanging out with them. Yeah. Why do these guys gravitate towards this show or want to meet you guys? I think you can probably speak on that better than me. But but I, I don't I, I don't know exactly what what I th- find interesting is that actors are basically frustrated athletes. So, <laughs> so for me, it's, it's like exciting to be around athletes. You know, this year you know we had Tom Brady come in and and LeBron does does a, comes and does a cameo with Matt Damon and Fifty Cent and all these people. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe because. Athletes can relate because they, most of them, if to, to play on this level, have been superstars since junior high school. Right. You know, I, th- I remember hearing this quote because I grew up in Chicago that Scottie Pippen hadn't opened a door for himself since he was eleven. So they have entourage; they get celebrated, and they can relate. And also, I think the music is relatable to to so many different groups. And there's there's we we. We have a great music supervisor that takes it to the next level, and there's some some great hip-hop that's kind of unleashed and whatnot, and, you know. You bring up something interesting. I watched this documentary on the police one time, and it was at the height of their of their fame, and Stuart Copeland said, I realized that I haven't driven a car in two years. Wow. Yeah. And does it get, yeah. do you drive, or, or not much? Or uh, uh, I, I guess I, being in L.A. is different. It's, well, you have to uh, understand, like, you know, here's the funny part, is that, you know, I'm a I'm a stage actor from Chicago. Um, I take my mother to award shows, and I drive myself everywhere. So I think you'd be very disappointed with my own personal <laughs> life. Yeah, I'm, I'm very different. It's not as our... glamorous as we would like to believe. Well, I, I, you, listen, it, it's glamorous in the way that I'm a working actor, you know, and at a time when, when people don't have jobs. So that's insanely glamorous. But I, I'm not Ari Gold yeah. uh, by any means, and I'm having the time of my life playing him, and we'll play him for as long as I can and with everything I got. So, yeah. but it, but well, I it's am. working. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. And it's nice that you take your mom to the award. Yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. My mom's really cool and it's fun. It's fun to hang out with her. But at some point I, I need to, uh, to settle down and have some kids. Really? Yeah, might as well. Okay. I mean, this isn't a premeditated situation, by the way. No, it's not like, no, I just want to keep running around. What well, you're the... going to be at the Prince tonight. Yeah, there you we go. have some willing interns here. Yeah, <laughs> many interns. Right. Yeah, you could definitely call from the group. <laughs> one of them made out with the Adrian. Adrian, Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, Did you I, know I, that he made out with one of our interns? You know, I got to be honest. With you, there's a lot of things that I don't want to know. About. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just yeah. that's just that's just too much information. I just... She's cute though. It's yeah, cool. no, it's right. She's really yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. She, I'm sure she was the first one there. <laughs> Listen, after we hold her down, I'll talk to her. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, we're going to say thank you. We're going to wish you the best of luck. August fourteenth is when the movie opens. It is called The Goods. Live hard, sell hard. Looks to be one of those quotables, one of those uh, great movies. And like you said, wrap up the summer with a really awesome 
uh, comedy. So uh, best of continued success to you, man. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Right. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gents. On the Thank press you guys so much. Thanks, man. We're going to take a break. We'll be right Thank back. Back in the olden days, about five years ago, your only options to keep listening to WMMR when you got home would be to drive your car into your living room or turn on something called a radio. But now, through modern technology, the smart speaker that's secretly collecting data on you... What did you say? ...can also stream WMMR. Just tell Alexa or Google to open MMR, and magically we'll come streaming into your home. Plus, it may help distract your device from becoming self-aware. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. It's Nick and Sarah in for Preston and Steve. And listen, even though Preston and Steve aren't uh, here today, we're running late. I don't know how we do it, but we find ways to get later and later, even though they're best of breaks. And uh, hey, it's just what we do. So uh, we skipped a song there. We're coming right back because we have the epic break to get to. Yes. Monkey riding a dog, Sarah. I've been looking forward to this moment all week. I, I really could dig up the podcast anytime, but I have been looking forward to hearing this with all of you together. It's going to be an experience. It's fun when uh, your favorite song gets played on the radio. You could listen to your favorite song at any time, and it's fun when, when the best of breaks include one of your favorite breaks, like Monkey Riding a Dog. It's, there's just something different when somebody else picks it out for you and puts it out on the radio. So uh, we're going to get to that in just a moment, um, but uh, we want to get you to work, and it's uh, it's raining now. It's raining here in Ballacadwind, a high of only 76 today. Thunderstorms and rain throughout the day. It's going to be a soaker, so make sure you carry that umbrella. Bring uh, bring your your galoshes if you if anybody wears galoshes anymore. I don't think anyone says galoshes anymore, but <laughs> your here, we are. here yeah. we are. Yeah, those. Uh, so we're going to get you to work, <laughs> and we're going to have some fun with a monkey riding a dog in just a moment. But Sarah has your NJM Insurance Group traffic. Sarah, what's going on on the roads? Ninety five South, heavy between Island Avenue and Essington Avenue. There's an accident, and the left lane is blocked. Ninety five South, also slow between Cotman Avenue and Bridge Street, where there's a new. Construction layout, so traffic is slow there. Vine Street Expressway, westbound, heavy Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill, and the Schuylkill is slow eastbound approaching Montgomery Drive to Spring Garden Street. This traffic report is brought to you by Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. Not sleeping well, Mattress Warehouse can help. Their Clean Shop Promise includes extensive sanitation, disposable covers, and private appointments. Don't miss their grand reopening sale and one-year price guarantee. Visit sleephappens.com. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Yes! There he is! Yeah! And he's riding the dog in the studio. Oh, there's a huge crowd of people in our studio. I can't even see him from where I am, but... Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh, I touched the monkey! Should, well, don't you do that every day? Yeah. Dare I say, at this point, is a dream come true. Yes. Yeah. Back in 2011. When you and, were born? Uh, yeah, when I was year old man. a 10-year-old. We, well, let's, 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 let's get this going. Yeah, please. Yeah. All right, let's, let's welcome to the studio Tim the Wild Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Wow. Man, I love it. How you doing, Wild Thing? I think I'm good. I'm about tame now. Excellent. Well, if you, uh, there's some headphones there. If you want to put those on, uh, Wild Thing, you'll be able to hear us. Uh, I can't better. hear my monkey holler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Understood. Now, listen. We got we got to we got to set this up. Uh, we got to tell you a couple things, uh, Wild Thing. We uh, 
We have been promoting this for two months. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. heard, yeah. <laughs> and you've like... got a lot of listeners because that's the way I got here. All of them were blowing, saying, go that way. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> well, I mean, to, to put it into perspective, if we had Tom Hanks on, we probably would have given him about four days' worth of promotion. <laughs> yeah. The Monkey and you, we have given at least two months. And it, it mainly came from the viral video. Yeah. Of it's you been awesome. Giving the speech. And we've been having a little bit of fun with it. Uh, and, and it's been awesome, you said? Yeah, oh, you know what? I, we've got so much response. You know, uh, David Letterman, uh, Denver Broncos. We've had so much response. Leto as from... well. You, you've, as, <laughs> as I looked at, as, as we're doing some of the research on you, we're thinking, does this, does this guy get this? Does he? You know, because it's it's so bizarre looking. But you, th- there's a comedy angle to what you do, right? Well, you know what? I, I guess you could say that yeah, because yeah. it's it's something that people don't see. <laughs> So uh, say that again. That's why. Yeah, that's why we call them the Ghost Riders because you know they they think they're seeing some little ghosts. <laughs> All right, so explain the story. You, uh, Tim, were a, a rodeo thirty four years. Thirty four years been in rodeo. Yes, sir. Champion, world champion, world champion, wow. thirteen wow. times, thirteen wow. times barrel um, the barrel competition, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so. At what point does this happen? Do you say, I'm going to hot glue a monkey to the back of a dog? <laughs> it's not hot glue. <laughs> it's crazy glue. Crazy. Now, you know what? That's one of the things that we do uh, at these games now because you, you you hear so much response in this, but, you know, there's a lot of love going on here. Let me tell you, look at this, this girl over here, Tim. She's got, she's got the dog and the monkey on her shirt. Oh, you know what? I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that. There's stuff out there I hadn't seen. That's some of it. This is a viral a viral video goes out. Did yeah. you get this response with Good Morning America, with the Today Show, before the v- video, after mm-hmm. the video? I, I think it was after the video. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like uh, In Touch Magazine, we were in it, FHM Magazines, it just, and Sports Illustrated, it, it has really grown. And the circuit for this, and I, I've, I love, like, state fairs. I love right. these, these things because they're, they're cheesy fun. Have you ever and, seen so many so many people pet my monkey? I mean, they, <laughs> I'd like to pet your monkey. Well, can I pet? I are we allowed to pet the monkey? To pet my monkey? Yeah. Can you? Are you allowed to? Can you pet the monkey? Well, I didn't tell them, and they're doing it. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> um, so listen, honestly, Tim, I, I have to ask: as a little boy, was it truly your dream Absolutely. and goal to own a monkey Absolutely. one day? Absolutely. I'm really? going to tell you something. You know what? I've been so into Curious George. Oh, and oh okay. We just had a baby monkey, and that's the mom right there. And I wanted to name this monkey George. And for some reason, we were going to name this new monkey George, and we named him Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba. You got to have a Bubba. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. how, how many? How many monkeys? How many dogs? Well, we've had this. This female is a new female that we just started. Yeah. Uh, but we have on the road right now. We have. Three and three, so three and three. Now, uh, and do they all? The first time you tried it, did the, the it's a it's a capuchin? Yes, sir. Okay, it took right to the to the to the saddle and took right to just holding on while the dog took off. Or well, did you have to really train it to do it? You know what? The dogs are the hardest part of the training. Really? It takes two years for the training on it's, the dog because their inclination allow... their inclination is to is to yes, bucket sir. off, right? I won't allow a dog to you know to carry a monkey until he, he's at least two because he has to be very intelligent and smart. And that's why you go with border collies also smartest for the side. dog yeah. in the world. Smartest yeah. dog in the world. What's the dog's name? This this dog's name is Bob. He's a four year old. What are y'all doing over there? <laughs> 
Yeah, if John starts putting peanut butter on his junk, he's going to kick his ass out. So his name's Bob? That's Bob. Bob deserves a lot of credit because... Uh, yeah. Nobody I, knows. I, I, Nobody knows. Right, and, and Bob is sort of like a second-class citizen when you yeah. think about um, yeah. you know, what Whiplash does. Yeah, I, I, he, I, he is pretty awesome in what he does. And he's so, trained very well. I mean, you just said lay down, that was it. He was down. Yeah, the, you know what? And I wait till I have that much control because... When you put a monkey on his back, you don't want that monkey hurt, and you want to have a lot of control. You don't want the dog just getting freaking out, scared, and taking off. So, so we t- take care of the animals. Let me ask you, is are they good enough buddies that they just sort of hang around and play with each other? Do you if keep you them together? On, on the saddle, this is the first time, which is not a show, this is the first time this monkey's ever rode this dog. Really? That saddle has Bob and Sam on it, and this is Sam's. Uh, this dog is Sam's. No. They have to match. Okay. Are are female uh, capuchins better for this, or, or does gender not matter? I like the females because they have babies. <laughs> they have babies. <laughs> and, and don't tell me you're involved with that. I, uh, okay. I just watch like you. <laughs> I thought maybe out on the road it gets lonely. We know. We know that you. Now you. It, I'm, I'm like Bill Clinton. I just stand there and look. <laughs> <laughs> now in the video, you you have you the because I we I watch I got kid you not I've watched it every day right since we we put it up on online. You have your the wife is in the in the truck, right? Are you indeed still married? And, uh, you, yes, she's here. Okay, so Paula, I just met her. Right. Is Paula your wife? Yeah, she yeah. takes care of business. She's and what, really beautiful. Why does Paula? What, what does Paula do in the in the, in the deal? Does she you know do the what? like right now? She, you know, when we walked in the room a while ago, yeah. that was her number one thing. I'm here. If you need me, just let me know. Okay. She's she. Oh, right next she, to you. Oh, okay, yeah. that's her. Oh. Wow, she, dude, you got a hot she wife. Just yeah. <laughs> So what yeah, is that? if you're going to do this, you don't care nothing ugly with you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, what is the noise? My that monkeys the, are pretty. <laughs> What's the noise that the monkey keeps making? This up. Yeah. This right here. That she's wanting a treat. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, she wants now, a treat. Now, how how do you get oh. them to? She grabs. That is so cute. <laughs> what she do? John. She, she grabbed it with her Step hand. Step away so I can see. She <laughs> I, grabbed, grabbed it with her hand and then put it in her mouth and just kind of look around one. <laughs> Hey, look very funny. So the 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 monkeys. It's not because we were talking earlier about how uh, chimps sometimes when they get older they get cantankerous and they get kind of violent. The older they get, the meaner they get. Do their th- brain outgrows their skull. So the same with these guys. No sir. No. Okay. The older they get, the better they get. Okay. I've got a monkey Sam that's been riding for fifteen years. And wow. He does good. How, how old do uh, capuchins live? How long, how long can they live? 33. 33. Wow. 33 years. And this this little four-year-old, well, she's probably five. She has done awesome. She just come into this show last year. So in, in the viral video, it's not this monkey? No. 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 In the vi- that's Whiplash. This is, what's it? The, this no, actually, name? it is, because the oh. video you're watching is the greatest speech ever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, she's, <laughs> you're right, you're right. I, yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, it's called, back and forth. it's her. Okay. Tim, did you, did you write that speech? Is that yours? No, that come from the heart. Yeah. Every week, and I told Paula that, I said every week it changes because I'm in a different area, and this one here is going to be huge because this is family. Let's explain where you're going to be Bob. because, uh, Preston, you have the info over there? Yeah, it's going to be at the Blue Rocks game, right. uh, which ends in Wilmington, of course. The, uh, uh, the Blue Rocks play uh, just... Right there on the edge of town, and uh, it's t- tonight and tomorrow night. You guys have two shows, right? right? Okay. And you want me to tell you something else? Yeah. yeah. This whole thing, every bit of this, baseball, 
all of the videos you've seen, it come from the Blue Rocks. It started there. Really? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, the, the guy that called, Mark Vandenhaar, he called and wanted me to come, and I turned him down so many times. And, and I happened to be in Pennsylvania doing a show. And he called and begged, and and I said, I'll come. You know, it was just going to be one of them quick things, and yeah. I'm out of here. And after that, I've been rodeoing for 34 years. I have a rodeo every week. And whenever I went to the Blue Rocks, I, right now rodeo is like a time of the past. No right. kidding. So, yeah. so, so minor league baseball has really picked up on this. because Huge. They I, just do, got, I like, mean, they, they, do, they do very family-friendly entertainment at games like that. Much. So... They've got to love this. This is perfect. This is right up the uh, oh, minor yeah. league baseball alley. It's it's a, and it's a it's a whole different family and uh, the people really enjoy it. Hey. We just got through doing the all star game up in New Hampshire last night. We were in Pennsylvania doing the Harrisburg show there, and we're here and it's every day. So you're booked constantly. Yes, sir. That's could you could you ten, at ten years old you couldn't imagine you'd be booked year round with a monkey, monkey hot glue yeah. to a dog, <laughs> crazy glue, crazy glue, right? Monkeying around, I promise. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask about your um, rodeo career. What did you do in the rodeo? I was what they call, you know, we're broke up into categories. Mm-hmm. I started off, you know, I rode bulls for four years because. After that, I started fighting bulls, and it helped me to go out there and protect the cowboys and and know what it is to take care of them. Yeah. Did, did you do rodeo clown stuff as well? Oh yeah, that's okay. what I do now. I still do that. I entertain the crowd, whatever it takes. And those are the guys that have the most dangerous job, right? Because well, I've gotten, I've had nine majors out of it. Really? Yes, sir. You know, uh, you and I have something similar. I, I rode uh, bulls for a little while too. About what? Point two seconds. Point two seconds. <laughs> yeah. He had a fifteen hundred pound bull almost step on his uh, crotch. Now, yeah. what, what what injuries That's, have you incurred, uh, life, sir? What injuries have you? Uh, I've uh, had uh, four knee surgeries, uh, lumbar. A bull hooked me in here in the mouth, and it oh, went whoa. Up 27 hours of facial surgery. <gasps> my, had all my tear ducts redone, but, that, you know, it's been a bunch of them. So the, the bull's horn went up under your uh-huh. lip? For nine years, I had a steel plate in my mouth. Whoa. Yeah. Man, having a monkey's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mon- monkey beats that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I don't live in New York, but I agree with you. <laughs> Where are you from, by the way, Tim? Mississippi. From Mississippi. I'm going to do something I ain't never done, okay? All yeah. Right. yeah. What are we going to do here? If you Just make love to that monkey, monkey I'll pay a hundred bucks. The monkey's the climbing monkey is, around the is over with John Belaris now. Uh, she's she's uh, kind of hanging out with him. John, don't let her put anything in your drink. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> Hi. Oh, check it's not, this! Not a Russian monkey. <laughs> hey, let me ask. Let me ask you, Tim, for the for the for the uh, for this the civilian. This is not normal. Really? Because the mean, monkeys jumping you around. You have to understand these these monkeys are they're wild. Yeah. And for me to just turn one loose like this, this is huge. Well, let me let me ask you for the the person, the average person who doesn't perhaps have your uh, expertise with these animals, do they make good pets? Yeah. Yeah. In in my category, yeah. Yeah. Because you know why. They trust me. I trusted her. I right. turned her loose, and now she trusts me. Okay. You've got to okay. give them that. When I seen her sitting on that dog and she was doing all the, <laughs> I said, you know what? She's had enough. She's she's ready to get off. Oh, she wanted to get off. That's so what she I was took telling her off. you. So what do you do? Do you, do you let them in your house? Um, you know, do they hang with you? As, that's, as, a, that's a federal thing. You know, you, you can't, you can't do that. the license and paperwork. And, okay. You know, you, they're not. They won't let you do that. Okay. You, but 
We have a monkey house. A monkey, a monkey house. <laughs> it's got ceramic tile on the floors, the walls. They can come inside. They go outside. They Tim, got that's a, better than my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got a swimming pool, ladders, and stuff oh outside. You know, they go Your out there and hang out. Monkey has a pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think they oh, liked water cool. for some reason. Oh, yeah. I got Sam, the male monkey. Uh, he was out there rolling snowballs when we got snow, and he oh, was wow. playing in the snow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, <you laughs> the monkey crawled across the mixing boards. That is so cool. Over here with Casey and I. She's going to come over to you, Steve. Oh, oh come, come on, on around. Well, she's she's looking for a spot. Dude, this is a trip. Oh, my <laughs> come God. Come on over. <laughs> Man, they're, fa- they're fascinating oh, to watch. They they see if you can get it to hit a button. You know what? <laughs> Don't ask. Yeah, give me a treat, and uh, I'll have that. her start a song. Tim, we've only seen the video, so in the show, what what do you have them doing? What what do you have the uh, the monkey on the on the dog doing? Well, besides just some trick on. writing, I'm going to see if she can start a song. Hold on, they, right. I'm, putting the, I'm putting this treat right here on the button. Come over here, hey! Oh, wait, no, 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 no! This button right here. Why this button? Yeah, because okay. it's got the monkey song. Okay. No, it's <laughs> pre-programmed. No, she ran back she's to John. She's found her someone to cuddle with. Yeah, she <laughs> loves John. She's taking yeah, the Bolaris. You know, we go she in the arena when we're working these these border collies. That you know, they're working dogs. And yeah, yeah. We work. Uh, we have the hair sheep, the big horn sheep, and we round them up and put them in the pen. Uh, after that, then we put them up on the roof of a truck. Yeah, I love that part. We don't do anything small. So if it's going to be done, I'm going to do it a little bit harder than anybody ever could imagine do they do i mean so they're they're, they're for the most part though they're there's the dog is doing the tricks and they're just riding along yes sir okay all right i'd now I'd pay to dog, see that now if the dog doesn't do right i promise you the monkey let him know <laughs> what is really? the, is oh, the yeah. monkey union well <laughs> last night we had a little staging time and 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 the monkey was just sitting there on the dog, and I looked down, and the monkey was shaking the dog. Let's let's go, let's go. <laughs> and the dog's it, like, he's telling me to stop. In the greatest speech video, Tim, the, the dog uh, the dog stops and takes a whiz. Have you ever had the, the dog do the uh, the full blown in, on the field? <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Well, you have to ask. Full blown. Yeah. Oh, has yeah. the dog no, taken a dump? No. You know no? what? I've actually I've been told that better not happen for some of them grounds guys. Yeah, because yeah. because baseball players are going to come out right yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does the monkey ever bite? Oh yeah. Yeah, and have you she, been bitten? Yeah, really. <laughs> she still has her canines. Oh, yeah, I can well, see. You She's said it was worse than having a bullhorn ripped through the. T- <laughs> well, the really? you know what? I don't take anything away from them. You know, there's so many trainers and and these animals that are more afraid of them. You know, <laughs> they want to take something away from that animal to train that animal, and that's not me. I, everything that they came <laughs> with, to, they still have. Trying to get on your. Bike. She's trying to use my phone. Yeah. <laughs> What's hey, she's like tapping. She's tapping, tapping your phone. Yeah, what, why is she tapping over she's there? Actually, she's, um, and it's, she's, these she's monkeys my are phone. like men. She's adorable, man. She's just doing a little scratch on her tail there because she's supposed to lay down and go sleep somewhere. See, so putting oh, her tail really? around her Aww. neck. Oh, she's oh. having to lay down. Are they, are they thieves? Are they, will they grab stuff and look? It's a no, you know, it, they may look at it, but if it, if it has no... Uh, taste to them, they're not going to bother. Okay. They're more into eating. They, in the wild, you know, in South America, these monkeys travel probably 20 miles a day just to eat. Wow. wow. I got to ask you something else because anybody who's gone to the zoo knows 
that occasionally some Simeons... That don't happen here. You ain't seen it happen yet. No. Right. <laughs> they won't will... even touch it. Oh, really? No. Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on my phone mode on the keypad and see if she'll call somebody. <laughs> because she's, she keeps coming over and, and tapping my oh, phone. I think we have a new yeah. board up. Yeah, look. Look. Yeah, 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 she's got nine stars. She just got nine stars. She's looking up a name. Nine she's nine looking one up one a name. <laughs> she wants to find out if she can dig, Preston. <laughs> yeah. D- <laughs> 811. So, so... Uh, Tim, oh, so look, this person took my phone. <laughs> she took it. She took John's phone. Hey, oh my God. You, it's a knife. Do you work with the Russian mob? What, what, what do you travel with? How many monkeys, how many dogs, how many goats with you on a show? This year, when I left in February, I left with a 48 foot gooseneck travel trailer. Um, I have. Sounds like Kathy on a wedding night. Four dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't that excited. <laughs> I wouldn't let that happen. Four dogs, four dogs, three monkeys, and no, four sheep, three dogs, and three monkeys. Um, I've been on the road, you know, pretty much all the year. I've been out west doing rodeos, and we just got through shooting a movie two weeks ago with Cameron Diaz and what? Will, uh, Colin Firth. Wow, it's called Gambit. Gambit, and, uh, yeah. Gambit. Uh, this is why. So, and that did that before before the video to after. How much? Percentage-wise, did your business increase? Wow. Double? Uh, 50%? Yeah. 60%? It's doubled. Yeah. Actually, since I left the Blue Rocks three years ago, it has, it has tripled. Wow. So well, with, good for you. With no, the... it ain't. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask. I mean, you're busy all the time. You know, you're, you're doing minor league games. Well, you know, when you're gone as much as I am, you want to go home to your family. That's you what I was going to ask. Home. I mean, you got a brand new Harley sitting in the drive, and you rode it twice this year. And When was the last time you were home? Uh, February. Wow. Now, what do the, the, wow. the monkeys Skype with their family? <laughs> do they what? <laughs> hey, Tim, I'm on the computer. Look Tim. at that, that monkey with that phone. <laughs> <laughs> Even he's excited. This uh, monkey is smart, by the way. We're getting, I, yeah, I want to get out of this because when she starts calling people telling them stuff, we're in trouble. <laughs> hey, Tim, you, you had mentioned uh, your family. Do you have kids? Yes, sir. Because I know th- I, I've known rodeo families. I mean, it's a way of life. I mean, it's uh, you you live that lifestyle, right? And, yeah, and the whole family. I was real fortunate this year, and this it was huge. Uh, I left to go to Oregon, Utah, uh, New Mexico, and Pecos, Texas, and I got to take that six year old with me, and we rocked the world. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun. She even got, got to go on the set with Cameron, and we shot. She'll be in part of the movie too. So, so what? Is it, what do they go to? They go to a, a like a, a baseball game, and you guys are there. No. Or are, are you they, a love she interest? Went to a rodeo. The movie consists of paintings and art. Okay. And, and this guy's traveling to find a certain painting, and he's seen it in the background at her house. And he he started tracking down Cameron, and he tracked her down at a rodeo, and she was there she, roping. And when he took she took off her hat and and did the sale. Uh, Colin Firth, they, you know, the the two actors jumped up and said, "That's her," you know. But while they were at the rodeo, they watched me. Okay, all right. Yeah. So you're you're there in the scene. That's very cool. By the way, she called my voicemail. Look, it's actively, it's it's, it's on. <laughs> there you go. You see this? Wow. Hold on. Oh, and she turned your mic off, Kathy. <laughs> I'm not touching this stuff. Yeah. 
for she came over here off. and turned your mic off. Oh, and she did play a commercial in the middle of the Yeah, thing. apparently on, on the uh, uh, stream we're doing commercials because of the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> the PA health tobacco thing. Sorry about that. Don't smoke. You know what, Tim? We actually wrote a song special for this occasion. Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd have to put your headphones on to hear it, but... Uh, uh, I, I just hold it up to your ear if you want to. This is uh, yeah. intern Jake uh, wrote this song, so we're going we're gonna to roll this. Uh, I'll wait till Tim gets his headphones. All right, here we go. It's a monkey riding the dog. It was his dream, his goal. One day on the monkey back in 1962 A little boy was born and his name was Wild Thing He rodeoed for 33 years And his dream, his goal was to one day on the monkey And that dream came true And his name was Whiplash And here they are at President Steve It was a monkey riding the dog It was his dream, his goal one day on the monkey. Here come the goats. Here come the goats. And there you go. There's your song. I love that. There's your song. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Is awesome. that is awesome right there. The Blue Rocks with these <laughs> I got to get a copy. I'll buy a copy of that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so what? Uh, when you when you do the show, how long does it last at, at, the, at the games? At the games, you know, we do the teasers, two-minute teasers. Okay. And it was all created by the Blue Rocks. Uh, they wanted me to go out there and just show the people a sample at the four and seven uh we go out there and and we're off the field within 90 seconds huh she just, and, you're just out there for just like a minute and a half at a clip and i get paid no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no like post-game show yep there is and a then the show. ninth okay. game uh ninth inning we have a ninth inning post-game finale and it lasts from four to six minutes and that's what you've seen is the, it, greatest, the greatest speech, speech. Ever. wow wow and so you and you riff that speech every time you just be make it up on the spot? No, sir. It's never been. I mean, I thought last night's speech was even bigger because I go, whatever's happening in this world, I use it. And right. last night, I used the guy that fell at Texas Ranger Stadium. Right, yeah. right. And yes. I used it. You know, at the time I used the greatest speech ever, we were in Mississippi and we had the oil spill. Right, mm-hmm. But this one here is about the Texas Ranger guy. Okay. So you, you just riff on what's ever in the yes, news. Sir. All right. Whatever, what, whatever hits you at the moment. Right. Gotcha. Does she throw poop, by the way, uh, Tim? She crapped in the saddle. Oh. oh. <laughs> she crapped in the saddle. You know, Kathy and I have been looking what, at each wasn't other. That a, wasn't that an old country song? <laughs> crapped in the saddle again? But <laughs> Kathy and I kept looking at each other like, what smells? Yeah, it was definitely that. Crapped in the saddle again. Our, and by the way, Press, our next sing along is coming up shortly, folks. <laughs> she was rubbing her ass all over your computer. Oh, that's <laughs> hey, join the club. I do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Does it, does it stink over there? Yeah. Oh, I don't my smell God. It. Terrible. I, really? Uh, Terrible. I guess you guys are a little bit <laughs> yes. closer to it. Hold on a second. I got to say this. Funky phone. She cracked. She cracked in the saddle again. She cracked. Cracked in the saddle again. Well, it's uh, got to be an occupational hazard, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even John Wayne did it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Just took a dookie. Wait a minute. Things are happening. No, she st stood hey, on the phone over there. Oh. <laughs> Dude, she's dialing guests. Yeah, she oh, she's messing with the phone lines. Yeah. Uh -oh. Hold on. I got to right. hang that up. Hold on a second here. Over here. 
There we go. Okay. All right. Tim, you're you're a, now a cult icon. Yeah. Uh, so Man. this this is now the I catchy could thing to do. Imagine anything yeah. like that. Can you but believe I that? It. Yeah, no. you are. It's uh, you know what? I'm still me. I, nothing has changed. I just I, everything I do, I, I want to go out there and steal the people is what I'm after. And the monkey really wants off the saddle. See, yeah. the monkey is tied now to well, the saddle. You know, She's not sitting on the dog, but she is trying to rip the the rope off of the dog. Do you so know she they, can get they away. say, Kathy, in, in rodeo, the best the, and the most clear sign that a, a particular cowboy doesn't run around a horse, he craps on that saddle. <laughs> <laughs> is there? Do you have a website, Tim? Team Ghost Riders. Team Ghost Riders. Email me. You got any questions? You email me. We'll be glad to get back to you. Excellent. Very cool. That sounds great. All right, well, thank you, uh, Tim, the wild thing, and Bubba, the monkey, and Bob <laughs> love, the dog uh, for being here. We appreciate it. And go see the Blue Rocks game. There you go. Yeah. Some love. Yeah. You don't want to scare them too bad, but anyhow, <laughs> we need to take a break. Oh, we'll yeah. come back in a moment. Stay where you are. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, it's a cool Pearl Jam weekend here on MMR. We're going to air this concert tomorrow night, Saturday night, starting at 7 p.m. And uh, highlights from the Spectrum from 2009. I have been listening to these cuts, uh, trying to arrange a good set list for you guys, 7 p.m. on Saturday night. And oh my goodness. It, I, I don't want to give anything away. I'll just say that there is one solo that is blistering, and I literally had to stand up from my desk. Because I got so hyped. So 7 o'clock Saturday night, Alexa, open MMR. And I get it that uh, Pearl Jam might not be your favorite band, but one of the great things about this um, radio station is that we're going to hopefully pay, play your favorite band at some point, and that uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different concerts over the next few months because you can't go to concerts right, right. now. So we're going to do our best to bring the concert to you. So 7 p.m. To, uh, tomorrow night, Pearl Jam at the Spectrum from 2009. We're going to feature a lot of those songs. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, it's Nick and Sarah in for Preston and Steve, and uh, we're getting you through the rest of... Your Friday morning, um, and we have the, the Bizarre File coming up in just a moment or two, but we do have another look at the MJM, MJM Insurance Group traffic, and Sarah is going to get you that traffic right now. Looks like the Blue Route northbound at Conshohocken, where there's been problems all morning, uh, the traffic is stopped northbound. Uh, it does say that the left lane is getting by, but it also says there's a huge backup. So just avoid that area if you can on Blue Route North near Conshohocken. 95 South is slow Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street where there's a new road construction layout. And Delcy Drive slow both ways at US 9 where there is flooding, so use caution there. This traffic report is brought to you by BP. BP and Amico are supporting local first responders, doctors, nurses, and hospital staff. Learn more at bp.com slash thank you heroes. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. We'll begin with this group of Hindu residents can sue a restaurant for money to travel to India where they say they must purify their souls after eating meat because it was served to them at this restaurant by accident. Okay, so the restaurant now has to pay for their travel back to have their souls cleansed. They can continue with their lawsuit to to go after this. Yes, the decision by the three-judge panel uh, reinstates a law filed against uh, Mogul Express, a restaurant that admitted it accidentally served meat-filled pastries to 16 Hindus whose religion forbids them from eating non-vegetarian food. The diner said the mix-up has harmed them spiritually and monetarily, and that to cleanse themselves of their sin, even though it was committed unknowingly, 
They must participate in a purification ritual in India's Ganges River. Don't they have a home kit? No, the purification ceremony can last from three to 30 days. Oh. Can't they use, I can't believe it's not Ganges River water? Uh, the cost of the trip, and the cost of the trip, which can add up to thousands of dollars, is based on how much a participant can afford. By the way, the Ganges is uh, is filthy. Yeah. yeah. Beyond yeah. filthy. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. It's, uh, think Schuylkill, but more With disgusting. lots of dead bodies. Right. And poop. Yeah. And well, the school class poop. Too, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> appeal uh, panel said Monday that the case could still go forward as breach of express warranty claim because of the restaurant's assurance that the group was getting vegetarian yeah, if, if samosas. They, if they were uh, assured of that and, mm-hmm. and they, they didn't do it, then they were responsible. I love samosas. Me too, man. In the morning. Are they good? <laughs> yeah. I'm just making a bad oh. joke. You're talking about uh, mimosas. mimosas. mimosas yeah. Yes. All right. In it's South- your birthday. We'll let you get away. Thank with you, that. Casey. Green. Couple. Shut up. <laughs> it's your birthday. We're gonna let you get away with that too. In South Carolina, uh, a couple says that a <laughs> she- yeah, a couple. <laughs> Jesus. For his birthday, you couldn't do. It. All right. <laughs> they say right that there. a shadowy image that turned up on a receipt from Walmart looks like the face of Jesus. I saw this image. It looks like um, it doesn't look like Jesus. It looks you know like what? Ivan the Terrible. No, it looks like Liam Neeson as Zeus in Clash of the Titans. I yeah, think. You know, or Rasputin. It looks like come, Rasputin. Every time there's a face with a beard, it's, it's Jesus. Jesus. You know? yeah. Could it never be Kenny Rogers? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Cut the guy some slack. He had some big hits. Yeah, man. he you know? really did, man. Throw him in there. He, that looks like Rasputin, yeah, the crazy uh, Russian. Uh, Jacob Who Simmons. Who used to shop at Kmart? And his uh, fiance. <laughs> And his fiance, um, <clears throat> that is pretty wild. Gentry Lee Sutherland said they uh, they bought some pictures from Walmart on Sunday. I'm not so sure about his left eye, though. The following, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does look I, apparently Jesus had a glass eye, right? Uh, the the following Wednesday, the couple had just come home from church services when Simmons spotted the receipt on the floor of Sutherland's apartment. He Wait, Jesus, you won't believe that. He says the receipt. <laughs> said the receipt had changed. Back there in our receipt. He said, I was leaving the kitchen, and I just looked on the floor, and it was and it was like it was looking at me. Like uh, the Monar Lisa. A dark gray mark <laughs> on the receipt seems to show two eyes, nose, mouth, and thickly bearded face. And I know Jesus had every one of those things. He said, then the more you look at it, the more it looked like Jesus, and it was just shocking, that, breathtaking. No, uh, Jesus is, was supposed to be the, uh, the perfect man. This guy's effed up in this receipt. Uh, the couple said the image seemed to answer a question that they were just asked at church. It said that we had a message on knowing God. But you notice it, it, it is never somebody nefarious. It, it, it isn't Rasputin or Ivan the Terrible, which it looks more like. It's always Jesus. The preacher had asked, apparently, the services, if you know God, would you recognize him if you saw him? Uh, Simmons said that he called the store to ask what could have made the mark. Well, there- said they said the only way you could really get it black like that was to put heat on it. There are hints all over the Bible that Jesus will one day communicate to us through a receipt. Right. (laughs) You just need to be ready. You just have to be ready. That or a chip. Uh, Let's see here. Or toast. A new world record for the largest tonsils has been set after 21-year-old Topeka, Kansas man Justin Werner had his removed in January. It was quite a lot. What? what? It was quite a lot. <laughs> so foul. It sounds gross. <laughs> Quiet um, Congratulations, Justin. They're all One of the. <laughs> I'm still under the anesthetic. Understood. Understood. A little fuzzy. A little fuzzy. Uh, one of the tonsils measured 2.1 inches long, 1.1 inches wide, and 0.7 inches thick. Wow. Yeah. Oh! 
Ew! Ew. That looks like a throat vagina. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. That is a throat vagina. We are looking at a picture of his mouth open, yeah. and the tonsils are swollen. They're gigantic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's cool. The other was just... Hey, uh, Justin, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> he said the other was just slightly smaller. How's that uh, throat vagina? Werner said he finds his record humorous more than anything, adding the day I got them out, <laughs> there was no Dude, that's a gargle with douche. <laughs> you know that's what it looks like. All right. I know it does, yes. But You're... they're gone now? They were taken out? Yeah, they had to take them out. I'm Aww. going to take these home. <laughs> Study them. Uh, for... Ongoing research. <laughs> Ew, that's disgusting. All right, and then you still up there with your tonsils? <laughs> Leave me alone. Play your goddamn Angry Birds. <laughs> Let me do one last story. Uh, gates at the Denver Zoo were temporarily closed on Friday when a large, potentially dangerous bird called a cassowary escaped from its enclosure. Is that mm. the uh, Australian crazy? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Bird. According to zoo spokeswoman, a zoo spokeswoman, a uh, visitor saw Murray, a 62-pound, five-and-a-half-foot-tall cassowary, burst through its wild fencing at Bird World. This now, is Murray from Bird World. The world. The word is that they have the. They can sort of gut you if they attack you. Yeah, right? yeah. They have uh, very vicious claws. They have long toe, right. long straight nails, and they can uh, jab you with them and uh, disembowel you. Uh, this prompted officials to uh, essentially place the zoo on lockdown, closing gates and forcing some visitors to stay indoors as a precaution. Murray was captured a short time later and returned to his exhibit. No one was hurt. The cassowary is the third tallest and second heaviest bird in the world. What is the uh, the ostrich is the first? Ostrich and then the emu, I believe. Mm. Yep. Mm. And uh, uh, Casey had, uh, we had him out at... Uh, uh, Linville, Linville yeah, yeah, we covered him with uh, bird feed and had uh, yeah. emus attack him. I hate those things. They're, They're angry. Emus? Are cool. uh, emus? Uh, emus are cool. Ostriches They're ugly, are dude. Yeah. They're mean looking. You ever eat ostrich? Never. Yeah. They serve it at the Dilworth Town Inn where Kathy used to work. It's delicious. <laughs> they have a lot of exotic uh, stuff yeah. on their menu, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Good stuff. All right, and there you go. That is what I have. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay where you are. WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt, registration and complete details at WMMR and check out our custom Team WMMR apparel providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Sarah and I are having fun this morning. We're in for Preston and Steve. They are off this week. A uh, nice long 4th of July weekend, which extended into a week off. But the guys are going to be back on Monday morning. And, and Nick uh, drew the short straw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's here with me. And we're having a great time. He might be lying, but, you know, he has no. to be here. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I am having a great time. It's it's really fun to listen to these segments again and, and uh, to relive some of the moments. And to hear a monkey riding a dog is just a, a great time. And the interviews have been fun. So uh, I'm enjoying myself. I hope you're enjoying yourself, too, uh, our dear listener. And, um, and so, yeah, the show's going to be back on Monday morning. And... 
Uh, I know we already have some really cool guests lined up for next week, too. So it's it's also interesting to listen back to these best of segments when we were able to have guests in the studio. Because uh, lately, over the last four months or so, uh, they've, all, of course, all been over the phone. And it's just so, sort of how things are. Yeah, a few people brought that up on our text board, which is 39333, if you want to send us a text. I actually did an interview yesterday with Sean Morgan of Seether over Zoom. How'd that go? And it went really well, but it was just bizarre because I know I'm not going to be able to talk to him or any of these other artists in person for quite a while, but at least we have that to do. Yeah, and it makes them more accessible because they're able to do Zoom. They can do it from their homes, and and, uh, people are able to make phone calls. So we find ways to to move forward, and it's just sort of what we do here at MMR and and what we do on the Preston and Steve show. So we're having fun, and um, we we finished doing the uh, traffic, but we do have another in-studio guest that we're going to really this goes way back to when Preston and Steve show was actually in the studio that you and I, Sarah, are standing in right now. Which is quite tiny. Yeah, it's small uh, for for uh, a big show like that with five people. So this was uh, is going to be uh, an interview with Elijah Wood uh, of Lord of the Rings fame. So that'll be fun to listen to when Elijah was in studio, maybe 14 years ago, something like that. So uh, that's coming up in a, in a moment. But before we get to the Elijah Wood interview, we have the Hollywood Trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you by Godshaw's. All the bacon tastes 80% less fat. The hometown favorite, Godshaw's Real Wood Smoked Turkey Bacon. From their family of owners to yours, available at Acme, ShopRite, Wegmans, Redner's, Walmart, and Sam's Club. Steve, what's happening? Well, while making an appearance at the New York City Macy's to promote his new cologne, Justin Bieber was knocked to the ground by a man in the crowd. The man was immediately taken into custody and then given a ticker tape parade down Wall Street. (laughs) Courtney Love reportedly suffered minor burns to her hands following an early morning fire at her townhouse in the West Village. According to police, Love caused the fire while attempting to freebase Carnation Instant Breakfast. (laughs) According to Star Magazine, there's a sex tape floating around of Kourtney Kardashian and an unidentified partner. The article goes on to suggest there might also be a Khloe Kardashian sex tape, which is being sold under the name Attack of Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And that's Hollywood Trash. This is an honor to have uh, this gentleman in our studio this morning. And uh, you've seen him, of course, in movies like uh, The Good Son and uh, Deep Impact and, I mean, that little thing called the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Elijah Wood yeah. is here this morning. Morning, Elijah. Wow, what an entrance! <laughs> Good morning. How are you? When, I, when, I, when you first walked up and introduced yourself, you said you said your name a little bit differently. Everybody calls you Elijah, or at least I, I hear that. But you you said I'm Elijah. Elijah, yeah, that's Elijah? I guess the proper way to pronounce it. But I don't, you know, I'm not particular. <laughs> is it? Uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's okay. Most most of my friends call me Elwood. So you're wealthy Elwood. and talented. So what is a cat? I've been yeah, called yeah. so many things. E Dubs. E Dubs. E Dubs. Yeah. Well, was, was that a long time uh, nickname for you? What, E-dubs? Yeah, E-dubs. E-dubs is sort of uh, intermittent. I okay. think. Elwood is long time. Did Diddy give you that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's my hip hop. It's your hip hop. Yeah. You're big in the hip hop community. Dubs. We were we were checking out the uh, the trailer for the new film. Uh, Everything is illuminated. Mm. You are like mega nerd in this one. Yeah, right. They've got you nerded out completely. It's a very odd character, Jonathan. He is kind of nerdy. There, there's something so great about that, though. He looks so different from anything I've played before. So I love the fact that he's this completely different entity. And it, he 
is a he's a fanatical collector of things, mm -hmm. um, and it, it, I, reading it looked totally different what I expected when I saw the the trailer. I saw it was about this guy who wanted to go back and find out uh, the history of his life, his his lineage. His, he's looking for uh, his grandfather, Which, correct? Yes, and it's that that sounds like a very somber film when right. you read the synopsis. But you see the trailer, and it's obviously not. It's a little as, quirky. Yeah, yeah. So so he is uh, <laughs> this guy wants to go back, and and why does he want to find out about his uh, family? Is it just a, a longing to know where he came from, or is there something specific that he's looking for? Um, I think it's a mix, mixture of that, and I also think it's about trying to understand who he is as well. Um, gain a, uh, more of a connection to his grandfather, who he didn't really know. His grandfather died when he was five, so it's a way for him to kind of have a further connection with him, his family, and through that, I don't even know if he realizes this, but through that he kind of finds himself as well. But there was a woman who sort of rescued or saved his, his grandfather's life that he wants to meet? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's sort of populated with uh, characters, you know. Yeah, I mean, essentially... He the blind travels... cab driver, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Well, essentially, he travels to Ukraine to make this discovery and then lands in a car with two mad Ukrainians, one who's pretending that he's blind, the other... <laughs> and he doesn't speak any English. And the other that speaks this kind of broken English based on hip-hop culture and right. Amer American culture that is very cliched. Mm -hmm. um, and Jonathan, for all accounts, is, is a very awkward, slightly neurotic Jew that doesn't really fit in the world in his own world, right. much less in a tiny little car in Ukraine. So that creates some very interesting, funny dynamics. And the the actor, Lee Schreiber directed this? Lee Schreiber, yeah. yeah. He, he adapted the book. It's based on a book. Everything's illuminated by Jonathan Safran Foer. Um, and he directed the film as well. Is this his first directing uh, uh, major motion picture? It is. Well, it, that's a pretty much a home run because it's getting, it's getting really good reviews. It's pretty extraordinary. It's an amazing achievement for him. I mean, I think it's a really personal journey for him as well, because he had started out writing a screenplay about his own grandfather, about a similar story about a man that travels to Ukraine to search his grandfather right. out to find the history, discovered everything is illuminated, and realized that it sort of told the same story, but in a better way. So then he kind of usurped that and wrote everything. Is it more fun for you as an actor because you got done with that Leviathan of uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which to you probably seems like an eternity ago, because by the time you guys had finished it and the first film came out, it had already been years because all that stuff was in post-production and getting right. done. Uh, is it nice to go to something a little bit more simple, uh, not as not as uh, you know dramatic, not as huge, not as such not a as special effects laden? Yeah, it is. It is a relief. It's it's nice to simply focus on character. Um, and you, know, you did have hairy feet in this, correct? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to work some kind of references. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to make people just, familiar, yeah, sure. you know, an homage. Uh, yeah, but it is nice. I mean, it's a three-hander. It's very simple. It's in a car. Um, it is. It's nice to just kind of focus on. Performance and a character as opposed to everything else. That's awesome. Now, yeah. After the after the Lord of the Rings, which of course you know uh, this uh, arguably the best movie trilogy of all time. It's I, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Have, have I'm to a be. part of it. I'm partial, but I agree. Yeah, well. yeah. it's pretty extraordinary. The the fan base just for the books mm -hmm. alone, you know, was enormous. Now the movies come out. Who approaches you on the street, and what kind of people do you have coming up to you? And how many people are wearing Gandalf hats? And not so many people wearing Gandalf hats on the street. Yeah. Um, but God, people from all walks of life, all ages. Yeah. Um, people from all over the world. I think that's the thing that was really extraordinary to all of us is that we would travel. 
to relatively remote parts of the world, mm -hmm. and people knew the Lord of the Rings. Like, I went on vacation to Malaysia, to this tiny island, and there were people coming up to me. There's no movie theater on this island, and people <laughs> were in love with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, That's a testament. Speaking Frodo in their own language. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. It's you know, amazing. That if you were to, uh, you know, you obviously have a thriving career, but if, if uh, and, and you would have no need to do this, but if you were to ever to go to one of those sci-fi conventions. I've been to a couple. Have you really? You've I've done been, that? I've been to a couple. Did they well, build see, they, a shrine to you? I mean, because <laughs> you must be the god of these things. Well, they do, you know, there are regular sort of sci-fi conventions, right. comic book conventions that tie Lord of the Rings into it, but there are also Lord of the Rings specific conventions. Sure. Uh, and I've been to a couple of those, which is well, you're, you're interesting because it's very much concentrated Lord of the Rings fans. You yeah. know? You're you're sort of a cult movie fan as well, and you're a gamer I know as well, correct? Yeah, yeah you're hardcore. What, what, are you, what are you playing now? Uh, god, man, I haven't I haven't picked up a controller in a very, very long time. Well, you had a, you had a very much a hands-on uh, deal with the Lord of the Rings video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we actually provided our voices for all of the characters in in the game, and had a lot to do with you know making it as authentic as possible, which is great. Will I mean, there be a video game for this movie or no? <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be harder to pull? Just search out your family history. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Avoid the Ukrainian madness. Less sword fights. I'm I guess. Trying to think of what the level designs would be. Well, like Crazy drive, Taxi. Th th yeah, yeah, they yeah. drive the Trabant through the Ukrainian countryside. <laughs> Try to hit as many peasants as you can. <laughs> I don't know. We should talk to Midway about sure, it. Sure, why not? Oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you aware of your, of your own uh, uh, past, your history, your family tree? Is that something that you've ever been involved in since this is kind of what this character is doing in this movie? I am to a certain degree. I know very little about it. Um, I know that I do have heritage in Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. I, I believe Poland and Germany, but it's something I've never really um, tried to, to find or search out on my own. So what you need to do is just always say you're related to Napoleon, because that's how every, oh, everyone, every of those family tree places, yeah, I'm related to Napoleon somehow. Well, that just somehow happened, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> Everyone's really, apparently he was banging everything in Europe. So. <laughs> he was sowing his oats all over the place. It's either that or Genghis Khan. Genghis you know? Khan, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you get to a level of fame of Elijah, every single family member in, uh, comes out of the woodwork to find you sure, so yeah. they can bum a few dollars for you mo from you most likely. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. I have an a older brother and a younger sister. And are they involved in the business at They're all? They're not. No, my, my brother actually produces video games. Really? Yeah, for, for, for Midway. For Midway, no kidding. Yeah, that's cool. Did he come up with any? Uh, uh, does he uh, any uh, big names? Major titles right now. Yeah. Uh, the last thing he produced was Area Fifty One. Oh, love that game. Yeah, love that game. Yeah, that Kudos a... to him. Yeah, <laughs> nice, huh? Yeah, he was pretty hands on with that. It was great. Was it? Was it tough to make? I mean, obviously, you know, we we're familiar with you from from you know the the films like uh, you know The Good Son and earlier on in your career to make the transition to a. Leading man from a leading boy was it? Would, would, I mean, did you have to fight anything to, to people, get that done? A lot of people can't make that jump. Um, it felt it felt easier than it seems in retrospect. I mean, at the time, I was younger and I was reading scripts, and each script kind of got progressively older as I was getting older. I mean, there were challenges certainly as I was a teenager to find things that were older for me because I was perceived as so much younger than I was. Right. But certain things kind of came up that helped the progression along, and Lord of the Rings was certainly one of them. The Ice Storm as well. The Ice Storm, yeah, great movie, great move movie. Move in a different direction. I was, that was too weird for me. I love that movie. I know so many 
many people yeah. who love that movie, but it was just. It's a, the Thinking Man's Flipper. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, I, I've said that many times. <laughs> I've said that many times. Speaking of that, did the dolphin ever put the moves on you? Because I know they're very sexually aroused. Those. Uh, they they did not. <laughs> but I did spend quite a lot of time with them about two weeks before we started filming. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, that's essentially why I did the movie. Another just, good just movie. Another good movie I liked was The Faculty. Remember Faculty's that? Faculty's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. You God, know, we had a blast making that too. Yeah. You are you are a sick bastard in Sin City. Have you guys seen Sin City? I have not. No, no. You've not seen it? No, 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 it, no. And oh. you are awesome in it. You are it's just out so. on DVD. Now. Are you evil in the movie? Yeah. Why? I mean, really? Everybody is. Right? I play um I play a a, a serialistic uh, cannibal. Killer. A vivisectionist. You like to cut people up? Yeah. yeah. I cut people up and I eat them. Yeah. Um, nice. Women only, only <laughs> prostitutes. Well, you have to have your standards. I'm trying to cleanse the world. You see. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Did you do any of the the, the moves, the martial arts moves? That yourself? was all me. That was all you. <laughs> yeah. Well, damn good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did they you put have me any? on wires. I got to Austin. They're like, "Yeah, do you do any wire work?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> They're like, "Well, here, we'll give it a go." And I had two days, two days of filming for the whole Kevin. For, for that, it. Um, got into the wires and uh, did all these kicks, these high kicks, and, did and I didn't actually work with um, Mickey Rourke. It was a double. No kidding. And then the next day, like I did all this this physical work. The first day, I woke up the next day, I could barely move. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, because you're going freaking nuts in the movie. I mean, he yeah. he, he, he is a deadly, you know, like Matrix badass. style, flipping yeah, and yeah, all that stuff. Kind of. He's sort of cat like in yeah. the way that he moves, and it is very martial arts esque. Because when you you show up and say, well, Mickey Rourke's going to kick his ass, and then you, you you beat the piss out of him, I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, not bad. I'm going yeah. to get that today. Yeah, you got to yeah. check it out. It's yeah, The comic like books are incredible, too. They're based on these Frank Miller kind of uh, graphic novels, these very film noir graphic novels that are amazing. And they actually, for the film, it's the first time this has ever been done for a comic book film. They used the graphic novel frames as the storyboard. Is it, that's so why Frank, Frank Miller got a co-directing credit, he, he right? He was on set. He right, was actually yeah. creating new shot ideas wow. on set. Um, so it's really the first time that something's been adapted word for word and frame for frame. It's ne kind of amazing. Never seen a movie like that. It's awesome. Uh, there's another movie I saw that's uh, slated for release. I don't know if it's this year or not, but Hooligans, is that the name of it? Or also known as Green Street? Green Street Hooligans. Yeah, okay. it actually came out in New York, Chicago, and L.A. Uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So it's it's pending release. Is that more of an, uh, an indie film as well? It's or? another independent. Yeah, it's, it, it's a film that sort of chronicles the underground society that is uh, football hooligans, basically. Really? In England and in parts of Europe, there are these football fans that take fandom a little far. We wouldn't know about that. They, yeah. they kind of form these gangs called firms, um, and they fight other firms on match day. And they do it, they, they go out to just start crap on that particular, that's what they I mean, want to do. It's an extremely violent lifestyle. And it's only like Wednesdays and Saturdays, and then they yeah. have families and jobs. And but it's, I mean, it's, it's an amazing sort of duality. We, you know, as Philadelphia fans, we, we, take a, we take a lot of crap for being, you know, just too excessive as far as our fandom is concerned. But if you go to Europe, and oh. if you see how these people... Oh, and that takes it to another level. Absolutely. Certainly. Tearing I mean, down to stadiums. To a certain degree, it's like, it's less about the, the games and the sport as it is about the fighting. Yeah. You know, maybe if they had better dental work over there, <laughs> <laughs> maybe everything will be fine. And it's brutal. I mean, there's something so frightening to me, more frightening about that kind of mad, chaotic fighting with fists right. and anything you can grab than guns to a certain degree. Because there's a madness. There's something that's unhinged right. about right. that kind of fighting. And it's a cleaner way of actually taking care of an opponent with a gun than it is beating them with a. Uh, <laughs> 
with a uh, strainer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So, well, well uh, the new film is called uh, Everything is Illuminated. Cool. Well, it looks really interesting, and it's an it's Elijah. like a wave of good times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> starting on each coast, coming into the center. There you go. Well, yeah. the, re the reviews are definitely uh, definitely great, and it looks like a, like a fun movie and also a, an introspective movie. It's a really beautiful film, and I'm I'm really proud of it. I'm proud to be a part of it. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks, I appreciate guys. it, ladies and gentlemen. Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> and Mar Rocks with Incubus, our love. We're just talking to Nick about how much I love that song. It's one of my favorites that we're playing on MMR right now. Super disappointed that we won't be seeing Incubus in August like we thought, but next summer, 2021, is going to be a jam-packed summer in terms of concerts, right? Can you imagine, uh, what's your first... What's your first concert? I mean, nobody knows, but if you could uh, dream first concert back, what would it be? Something intense. Yeah. Metallica. Oh, wow. I, I might die, but yeah, <laughs> I want I, that to be the first concert. Whatever it's going to be, when you get to your first show, when you get to that vibe of, of being in a live audience with uh, so many people there that are like-minded that also want to see that band at the same time as you, and, and you know, that, that first sing-along that happens... Or, you know, just the, the moments before the band hits the stage, as Pierre likes to say, it's just going to be such a great feeling. So, yeah, this year in, uh, in, uh, sucks in a lot of different respects, but uh, hopefully next year is better and, and hopefully we get an Incubus show. And, and, yeah, I'm digging that song, too. That's a lot of fun. What's that called again? It's called Our Love. And a few shows that were supposed to happen this summer have already been rescheduled, so you can find that information. All the new dates, old dates on WMR.com. Click Concert Calendar. Pierre Robert has joined us in the studio. Good day, sir. Good day. A little wet outside. Just a bit. Just a touch. Did you bring your umbrella? I didn't. Oh, um, well. But, uh, Did you I'm bring a, your galoshes? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a wet birdie. That's okay. And my feathers are wet. But, it's going to be um, all right. Speaking of shows, I believe um, tonight was going to be Roger Waters. Oh, wow. Uh, at, tonight uh, and tomorrow, right? Big joint, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also tonight was going to be uh, Jackson Brown and James Taylor. Uh, and so I was going to go to Jackson Brown and James Taylor tonight and Roger Waters tomorrow. I was going to. Now you don't have to make that decision. You can, uh, coffee. that's okay. Now you can, you can sit at home. Now I can sit at home and watch more, <laughs> With your feathers wet and your coffee spilled. Yeah, my coffee spilled. Um, but I'm going to do a block of Pink Floyd. Nice. And a block of Jackson Brown and a block of Shinedown. Um, they were not scheduled to be here, but, um. They usually show up fairly often. So um, I've been curious about uh, Brent from Shinedown because he's so type A, he he can't sit still. And um, Zach, Zach Myers has told me that the second they get off the road, they're all craving vacation. And then all he wants to do is get right back into it again. <laughs> well, I heard that um, he and Zach are working on Smith & Myers music. So it's not exactly Shinedown, but it's those two guys, and they're right. working on some sort of release. So, yeah, he's keeping busy. He's, yeah. I see him on Instagram. He's posting all the time. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, God, what a great weekend we've got. This Pearl Jam show is going to be so fun. You yeah. and I, Nicholas, were at all four shows. Yeah, I was thinking about the different sort of Pearl Jam moments, and, and not to harp on that too much, but because we're going to be featuring Pearl Jam and the live shows uh, tomorrow night, 7, 7 p.m. here on MMR, uh, those are the shows from... The Spectrum in 2009, the last four shows of the Spectrum, Halloween week, the Phillies were playing across the street in the World Series against right. the Yankees. It was just, it was a crazy, amazing, insane week to be in South Philadelphia and uh, the last four shows ever at the Spectrum. Wasn't there, uh, 
a, a, a cat named Raul something or other? Uh, Raul Abanez right. was a, a player for the Phils, and um, he was friends with Eddie Vedder, is friends with Eddie Vedder, because Raul used to play for the Seattle Mariners, and so they, they uh, started a relationship. Eddie's a big baseball fan. so um, And there's a cool new post, speaking of baseball and Eddie Vedder, up on uh, WMR.com. He is uh, you, you have a respect for Eddie Vedder. I have a love for Eddie Vedder. But he is surfing and hits a baseball at the same time. It's part of this Theo Epstein challenge, this new social media challenge. He's being pulled behind a boat, wake surfing. Wow. Somebody from the boat tosses a ball up into the air, and he's got a bat, and standing without holding on to anything, swings and hits the ball out of midair. It's pretty impressive. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, so that's oh. up on uh, PrestonandSteve.com and WMMR.com. Uh, so, yes, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., the Pearl Jam shows from the Spectrum, and, um, yeah, and, and the well, great weekend of music on MMR, too. I mentioned that because there's uh, there were some moments moments during the show where he kept going Raul Raul yes. and I had no idea what he was talking about. You thought they were booing? Well no, I I yeah, well I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was some cha- strange cultish chant. Uh, <laughs> They're summoning know. spirits. Yeah, some they were summoning spirits of uh you know of Spectrum bands past. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a sports up thing. It was a baseball thing. So um, that was that reference, and that was their second uh, time ever doing shows at the Spectrum. They did uh, another set of shows, or in one show, I should say, uh, maybe more. But anyway, in two thousand three, they they played there as well. So I missed that building, and then two thousand thirteen was when we had the interview, you, me, and Matt Cord, and uh, some segments of that are up on the website if you ever uh, want to check those out. And then 2016 was the last time they were through town, and that was the birthday birthday show where they did ten from beginning to end. And one other thing. Uh, I will mention, uh, to plug in advance, on Monday uh, will be the 35th anniversary of Live Aid. Yes. And so uh, we're going to have uh, quite a day. Pancake's been on vacation this week, but he will be back to assist me uh, in playing uh, a lot of the Philly segments of it, some of the great Philly highlights. Uh, Philly and London, the eyes of the world were upon those two cities uh, on that date, uh, July 13th, 1985. And I was at that stadium at 8 in the morning, and I left at midnight. Were you there the day before as well, helping yeah. you get set up? Yeah, that's what I thought. I had worked. I wor- I volunteered on a crew just to be there yeah. to have access. Yeah, and I got to roll the foam out over the lawn, and and WISP had the actual technical rights to the show. Somehow they had finagled that, but I had an all access pass, and I was getting. And the artist, even if you had uh, broadcast rights, the artists were still um, not coming out. And I had to pass to their inner sanctum. And I'm running in doing kamikaze interviews. That's where I got Jack Nicholson. You know, I got Santana. I just dug up that audio the other day because I knew we were getting ready for this Live Aid thing. So iconic. And certainly the shortest interview you've ever done. Well, Less I mean, than a minute. I was nervous because this British cat was chasing me. If I catch you one more time back here, I'm going to yank that pass. I mean, it was a number one pass. It was like it was one below artist. And you could go anywhere in the inner compound. I remember I see Neil Young laying down on a chaise lounge after CSNY had just played. And I went up, I said, could I talk to you? And he goes, yeah, sure. (laughs) And uh, I put the microphone down and a a YSP guy had snuck in there with a YSP microphone. And he put the microphone up to Neil. I said, all of us at WMMR are very happy to have you here. (laughs) And he pulled the microphone back. Little (laughs) funny competitive moment. That's amazing. So that'll be Monday uh, all day. You going to celebrate the Uh, 35th anniversary? Okay. We'll see where we go. Very cool. And then uh, one last thing from our perspective, uh, President and Steve are back on Monday morning and um, they'll be back from vacation next week. But today, Pierre, I don't know if you know, this is National Pina Colada Day. So I know you're going to do a a workforce block of Rupert Holmes later today. And I just. 
But the whole album side. Okay. Uh, actually, we haven't done vinyl this week because Pancake's not here. Um, I'll do I an think that was a good time. An imaginary album side because you don't know this, Sarah, but Rupert did a, a Metallica tribute album. Did he? Yeah. And um, uh, he also covers some Slayer on it. So Does it I sound think- like this? When he sings, he has a slightly lower register when he yells out raining blood, though. <laughs> but it more sounds like he's ordering a, a martini. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to that on your program today as well. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, what blocks do you have? Do you know? Oh, yes. Well, I said one of them. Okay. I said them all. Actually. Did you? Okay. Pink Floyd, Jackson right. Brown, and Shinedown. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Pierre. As m- and been- the show is brought to you by American Airlines. Oh, yes, your favorite airline. Uh, but it's been nice doing the crossover <laughs> with you this week, and uh, it's been great working with you, Sarah. I've really enjoyed it, and so thanks for being an awesome co-host and being uh, such a pro. It's uh, it's a pleaure to work with you. Yeah, you guys, let's you do guys this have, again. I'm sorry, but you guys have sounded great together. Thank I you. I really wanted to say that again. Uh, I, I love the interplay between the two of you. It's funny hearing Nick coming out of a song, back <laughs> announcing a song, because you did one show. Yeah. Um, Remember that? When I do. There were some tryouts for, and <laughs> and it was clear you were having a. It wasn't wasn't the easiest night of your life. No, it, this is a fun job, uh, but my job is made much easier by working with the likes of Preston Elliott, who is just a consummate pro, and so he gets us in and out of the break and runs that circus in that other room and has to deal with. Steve's uh, hilarious banter, but interruptions, and you never quite know what's going to come out of Casey's mouth. Preston's job is hard. Your job, uh, though people may not think of it as as difficult, is not easy. You turn on the microphone, you think, I'm just going to talk and say something, and and then I'll get through to the next break. It's not quite that easy. It's not digging ditches. It's not not a physically demanding job, but it is does require a little bit of uh, thought, and that time where I did a tryout show, I had not put in much thought ahead of time, so uh, <laughs> I, I bombed fairly uh, terribly, but I, uh, I, I've gotten a, a, a smidge better over the years and a little more comfortable in my own there you shoes. go. I hear we're looking for um, some overnight part-timers if you want to try out. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Nick. Pierre's coming up. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.